0: You gotta take this higher, you gotta kick this higher Hey, hey, take this higher
1: And on and on, I don't want to go it
2: alone Hey, you uh, everybody was cooler than being cool the top ten Thursdays. Starring me, Sean Lemmy, John Otney, Colin Westman, Matt Carsons. I am all those people. And we are joined this week by special guest, Nick Duncan. Nick, how you hey, doing?
0: Hey. Pretty good. How you doing?
2: All right. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so happy in your introduction. <laughs> well, you know, it's been rough. I had to miss a whole podcast. Oh. A, but you're back. I'm what are back. we what are we talking about, Sean? We're talking about 2003 music. N- not not 2003 different kinds of music, but, <laughs> but music from the year 2003. Why? I'm, uh, I'm genuinely asking. You're, well, I, th- I think because there's like a, a new Darkness
3: album coming out. Oh, yes, of course. And 2003 was when their first one came out? The good one. Uh, I guess that's the only connection Is kind of strange. but. Uh...
2: Sure, I like the Darkness. Yeah, and we'll talk about them, I guess, at some point. Okay. Okay. Have you heard that new one? Is that good? It's, uh, it's okay. <laughs> All right.
3: <laughs> Fair enough. But it gets a whole podcast devoted to it. <laughs> Got to talk
2: about something. A lot of weird things get podcasts devoted to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, albums that came out in 2003. The first one we're going to talk about is Everything Goes Numb by The Streetlight Manifesto. Is it just... I think it's just Streetlight it's just Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
4: So this was uh nick actually introduced me to these guys and this was like my favorite record for like six months straight i felt like that's how most of my music went i just got all about one album and i just listened to it over and over and over again and uh i just had this dream that i would go to portland state university and play music and meet a bunch of brass players and start a sweet ska band and i would be hella awesome and then none of that turned out to be true Oh, I know.
0: Well, so sad. Dude, we had uh, we had a little band, oh, yeah. didn't we? We
4: had a uh, we, we had my broke attempt. Up a yeah, we tried my hardest, but uh John struck it down with every fiber of his being. What do you what do you mean? <laughs> 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 We're talking about our band the The Fenestrators. We added the horns.
3: I just didn't I didn't really like know that kind of music existed. Like I remember I just uh, was on our MySpace this is where I first heard about Streetlight Manifesto. It's like sounds like and Streetlight Manifestos, I don't even know who that is. That's who we sound like?
5: It's one of our influences, apparently.
3: <laughs> and because I feel like the songs we were doing were more like Chicago style, yeah. you know, like we weren't doing like ska, we were doing like rock with the horns, which was interesting in its own right, but yeah. yeah. Looking back, I wish we'd done some ska type stuff. That would have been pretty cool.
4: Yeah, we were, we were doing that kind of Jewish sounding song and you had nothing to do with it.
3: <laughs> Jewish? Ah, that's va- it's vaguely familiar. <laughs>
4: So, uh, what were your experiences as a young child, Nick?
3: Uh,
0: Just in I general. Saw them, I saw them live. <laughs> they were good. Yeah? I don't know. That record came out of nowhere for me. Um, I don't know. It's like the tightest ska band that I had ever heard at that point.
4: Seriously, when we went to that... Did we go to that show together? Which one? Uh, I and went to Streetlight one, and, Yeah, Streetlight and Aquabats. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, like... That blew my mind because they played that like whole record and they played it ten times faster than they did on the record, and I was just like, just blew my mind. I was in the mosh pit, my glasses fell off, totally broke in like the first ten minutes of the show, <laughs> never to be seen again. So I was pretty blind the rest of the night. But uh, yeah, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, plus it's the uh, it's the singer from Catch Twenty Two. If you love Catch Twenty Two, that's like the third wave ska band. Like, started that whole thing out with, like, Real Big Fish, which is a much worse Scott Band. <laughs> but they were in the... baseball. Baseball. Yeah, well... well what do They have <laughs> one... They got one thing, then. They, they didn't take on me. I feel like
5: we've talked about Real Big Fish on this podcast before, somehow. but how they're mediocre.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Tribute to mediocrity. How many people are in this band? Like, 25? <laughs> uh,
4: not that many. There's, it's just like a regular band plus. I think there's a trombone, a trumpet, and a
0: saxophone. Yeah, it's like three or four horns and then the core four yeah. like that. Yeah,
4: and then the my, I love it when all the core four are, are like and then all the the uh, horns are shouting along with them and it's so awesome. And it's just like God to be that tight is just ridiculous.
2: And the song is over. So uh, <laughs> Why is it ridiculous to be that tight? Because it's so many people?
4: Yeah, well, that's that's part of it. That's one of the variables. I mean, to have that many musicians playing that fast and that clean, I mean...
0: Well, in, in, nine times out of ten, when you get eight dudes with instruments trying to pull that off, it sounds horrible. <laughs> so, like, people so do it right I mean, over and over and over again. It definitely
4: didn't sound as good when we tried to do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's... our horn players are more active. They look so depressed. It's because <laughs> it was like Ray Horton, you know, who was like... <laughs> classically trained to not have fun classically trained <laughs> i think you hit the nail right out the head there yeah yeah and like that was a weird group it was like one ner- kind of nerdy guy drew mesner and, and
5: Mitch, Mitch McElroy, the biggest bro of all time yeah.
4: <laughs> and, then, and then john cooper who's like gangsta hawaiian <laughs>
3: that was pretty That's cool. a, we were all about di- diversity yeah we're just trying to reach. That's that. we, should, we should have been the brothers of diversity or something. <laughs> God, how come we didn't think of that? Could have played all sorts of gigs like that. Because they would have
5: been like, hey, where's the black person? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> you could have just been like, you know, John Cooper. He's lying. Yeah, I don't, that's, I don't think that's a satisfying no. answer to that question.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on. Good All right, Nick. I guess you're free to go whenever you want, but of course we'll have you as, as long as you're. Well, what was you guys talking about? What's next? Next up, it's the darkness with permission uh, to land. No, I'm, I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>
4: oh, that's not what I had queued up, but one second.
2: Okay. okay. Oh, here we go.
4: I just remember being in, like, junior high. Like, I used to stay up all night watching MTV, too, just, like, watching music videos. And all of a sudden, this video came on of this spaceship, and this guy was naked. And I was like, is this, like, recent? Like, and he's Mm -hmm. singing, like, the highest notes I've ever heard in my life.
2: It's pretty
3: amazing. Yeah.
4: But I was just like... I had no idea. It was like nothing I'd ever heard before in modern music.
3: It's weird that that song became like mainstream rock song. So I remember we went to a school dance, and that was the only non-rap song they played. This is the rock song of this time that everybody likes, which is weird when you think about... like, Well, like, I believe in a thing called Love, because yeah. it's, it's so bizarre, the way he sings. But it, uh, it really rocks, and it calls back to a, a, a different time. I don't want to say a simpler or better time, because... <laughs> Kind of the '80s, kind of messed up. Though so they kind of, I don't know. They they, they go back to the '70s too, mm-hmm. especially Justin Hawkins wearing all the cat suits and stuff. <laughs> I would love to go see The Darkness like live, but uh, as an probably acronym. not anymore. Well, maybe now they're back to what they original were. lineup has reunited recently. They're released released an album, yeah.
4: But yeah, I mean, this record was like it just rocks, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much like what. The Defense our band, was like all about it at the time. We were all about rocking.
0: I was bowling gonna... alleys love it. What'd you say, Nick? I said bowling alleys love it. I hear the darkness <laughs> like every other shift. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a testament to how big this record got, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And like,
0: uh I you know, feel with that, like... I'm out. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I feel it's just so weird. Like, it's almost a guilty pleasure, but it's not. He's really out. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> oh bye,
4: Nick.
2: Did we piss him off or something? He doesn't like the darkness. Well, thank you, Nick, for showing
1: up. (laughs) Okay.
2: (laughs) I guess the thing about The Darkness, when I first heard it, is I had no idea if this was just like really terrible or really awesome. And it took me a few listens, and I was like, all right, this is worth being like my third iTunes song purchase. Uh, (laughs) Picked up I Believe and Think All Of, and then later I got the whole album. It all rocks. Pretty much as hard as, as that song. I mean, the one you're listening to right now, it's pretty rocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, no the, that
4: guitar player is really good. They're both good. Yeah, yeah Justin yeah, and, and they, Dan Hawkins are yeah. brothers. And I remember, I, I went back, I know, probably six months ago, maybe. I was watching all these videos on them when I heard they were going to get back together, and and uh, just it was so bizarre, like hearing about all his drug problems. It was like it's like they are from the '80s, <laughs> you know. <laughs>
5: We have to be like that. Yeah, that is weird. uh,
3: Just Hawkins ended up going to rehab and everything. He was, like, anorexic
4: and it's just, like, bizarre.
3: Mm -hmm. They weren't just, like, a parody of that. They were that. (laughs) It's just so weird to have that kind of band in this era.
5: I feel like they do kind of get away with it because it just seems kind of fun in a way. Like, it's kind of a joke what they're doing. Like, they're not taking themselves too seriously. So even the fact that... they're doing the totally flamboyant 70s classic rock thing. It's like, it's okay. It's just fun.
4: And they they pull it off, you know, like musically and stuff like that. I, don't yeah. know. And, and, I mean, if his voice was at all normal, well, I just say, like, if he couldn't pull it off, you know, like, if he wasn't hitting notes and you know what I mean? <laughs> I'd love to see that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if he was bad, like a bad singer, you know?
5: Well, sure, no one likes listening to bad singers. Oh, I know, but, like, <laughs> I,
4: I mean? just, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, they execute it well. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you, like, it's hard to take them seriously, but you have to almost because the music's so good. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm.
5: But is it list-worthy? <laughs> <not the> list- <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> like, <even laughs> I,
4: I think it's list-worthy.
5: Uh, maybe, we'll keep it on there. Uh, why not why not should we move on to Death Cab for Cutie with uh, Transatlanticism
4: I think Nick would have liked to stand for this but
2: he made his choice I did not get the appeal of Death Cab for Cutie until I heard Transatlanticism. I did not understand. People were like, "Oh yeah, this band's great." Didn't get it at all. This is
5: like the first. Album this is kind or... of their breakthrough, I yeah. think.
4: So
3: it was later I... when I. This heard is like this the last again. one I heard. I feel like oh, that's so sad. I'm not. I've never really been into it myself. Really, it's fine. I think it's because I don't. Really, I'm not like a big fan of the title track. Because it's, it's super long, and they all they have to close all their shows with it. And but, I'm like, eh, it's so long. I love it's how
5: big. It's so slow. Got that swelling chorus thing of the, the yeah. wha- wha-
2: wha. This this album for me is like three songs basically. It's that one, and then the New Year, the first song on the album, and then of course the Sound of Settling, kind of the big hit, I guess, maybe, maybe. I definitely like those other ones yeah, I love those, three. That, and that's enough for me because I go back to like the photo album, and it's just even now that I like Death Cab for it's it's not one of my favorites, but Translucency I can listen to that whenever I want, any day, any season, any year.
5: It's it's a better winter record than I think. It's kind of moody and mellow for the most part. But you'll listen to it in the summertime? I,
2: I'll listen to it whenever I damn well want go to. Go to the
5: beach, listen to Death Cab for Cutie?
2: Yeah. What's that sad guy doing over there listening to his Death Cab for Cutie record?
5: What's Sean doing at the beach? <laughs> That's his guy, exactly. I go well, to if the you're
2: the at the beach and you're crying. <laughs> I'm not crying, I'm just listening to Transatlanticism. Sean doesn't cry. Except
4: when
3: it's disguised by the ocean. <laughs> That's Your it. tears look so small in the ocean going do thank you <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't apply just to you I just mean everybody you said my tears well tears you
5: know, I don't even know what I'm talking about I don't know that's due to do with this album I don't it's, know I might, I might say this is probably maybe my favorite I like narrow stairs quite a bit for different reasons because it's kind of a little bit more rocking yeah and aggressive
2: I, I think it's those two for me as well. Yeah. I think this is probably my favorite though. Really? Yeah. That's why I said I'm sorry when you said I didn't. I don't really like this.
3: I didn't say I. I, I said I don't really like in the song. I like. Oh. I like the other Death Cab albums. I always felt the big one was the one after this. But uh, I mean, that's where I first heard about him. Plants. Plants. Yeah not as big on that one because that's when they're getting lots of like music video airplay and stuff and on the well, radio. That was when a lot they more.
5: signed to a major record label. This mm-hmm. was like their last indie release, and they got too big, so they were like, Do damn big. Let's go make more money."
3: But we'll, generally, we'll still be kind of indie I can get behind that success story.
1: Money, money, money.
2: Well, I think that's about it for this one. <laughs> kind of a strange discussion. Sure. Nonetheless, let us move on to the, or maybe just Exploding no, it's Hearts. The, it's, the, it's the Exploding Hearts. Yes. yes. A one for two now. Their album's called Guitar Romantic.
5: Here's an album that just fills me with so much joy and happiness. And yet also makes me devastatingly sad at the same time. Uh, It makes me happy because the song, this album is just filled with the most upbeat, just buoyant, like catchy, you know, punk rock kind of fused with uh, power pop in a way that is just kind of... Perfect. It's like every song's two to three minutes. It's filled with so many hooks. It's only 28 minutes long. It's just I can't think of many albums I've heard the pack such a punch. The thing that makes me sad about it is it's the only album The Exploding Hearts ever released and will ever release because I think a few months after it came out, the band was driving back from San Francisco to Portland, which they're from. They're a Portland band. And their, their van that they were driving swerved off the road, crashed. Three of the four members died. And that was the end of the band. It sucks. I mean, that is so <laughs> tragic. I know. I love this album so much. It just...
4: I was going to say it sounds like the uh, Lemmy uh, family vacation. <laughs> so wow. Without uh, the death. <laughs> no one died on <laughs> it. I said
5: without the death. Without the death, sure. So
4: it's, it's a drive. Because I, I thought that
5: story—it's a gonna, tragic drive.
4: I thought that story was going to end happier than it did, <laughs> but then I was like, oh. Man. Yeah,
3: yeah man. but you still said that after you heard the story. I, right? I
4: wanted to get my in.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you see these, these guys are from Portland. Yep. It's amazing how British are they like, kind of sound. Yeah, I that's mean, that's always
5: they, cool. I feel like they definitely owe a lot to like the late '70s. Yeah, first like the way, Buzzcocks the or something. That was the first thing I was reminded of the Buzzcocks. I like that. but that's Cool. Honestly, I kind of think they're actually maybe better than the Buzzcocks. And, like, they they sound so much like a lot of those bands, but, like, I feel like this almost stands aside it. But it's different, though, because it is a lot more poppy. Where did you hear this? Like, I was just randomly skimming through, like, Pitchfork's, like, top 100 albums of the 2000s. And I was like, hey, I haven't heard of this, which... Happens a lot when I go on Pitchfork, but this one, I just decided to check it out, and I was like, oh my god, it's so good. How come no one knows about this album?
2: Well, Because they're all dead. I guess (laughs) uh,
5: they never got a chance to get bigger than than they ever would have with this album.
2: Thanks for
4: bringing us down.
2: I feel like when you played this for me the first time, you're like, check this out, these guys are all dead. (laughs) No,
5: we listened to the whole album, then after it, I said... They're all dead. They're all dead. (laughs) I said, you've just listened to the entire discography of the Exploding Yes, that's right.
2: (laughs) Got through it all. Just just to bring you down. Less than a half an hour. I know. Well, that's really sad. (laughs) On a lighter note, it's pretty fun music. Oh, we're done now.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Moving forward, Fountains of Wayne with their album. Welcome, interstate manager.
3: I don't know how this is going to be receptive. I feel like, am I the only one that ever listened to the whole album? I didn't listen to the whole thing. That's I great. feel like it's a lot, it's like way longer for that like kind of music. Yeah, because the
4: thing about it is they play like... I feel like it's one of the reasons they didn't become really famous, besides their one hit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they, they tackle, like, every genre, I mean, of, of rock. They do, country, like, a country song. They do, like, a whole bunch of different songs. But I I really loved this album for some reason. I mean, it was big, of course, with Stacy's Mom, which is their, you know, one hit. But I can't explain. It. I just, I can go through it. It is a long album, but I could just go through it. On a drive or whatever. I was all about it.
3: Well, it sounds darn catchy.
4: Yeah, I mean, it is. It's just like a big collection of catchy pop ish songs.
3: Do you know the bass player Founds Wayne wrote That Thing You Do? Really? Yeah. Whoa. Isn't that cool? That all makes sense now. Wait, the movie The song, The Song, song, That Thing You Do. The bass player Founds Wayne wrote the song for the movie.
4: Did he write all the rest of the songs, or just... Um,
3: I don't... He may have written some others, yeah. But that was the main one, obviously. Because there was a yeah. movie about a one-hit wonder. Yeah. It's, like, the, it's the only one that matters, really. By his life. You just kind of, like, put a bunch of crappy ones, and no one's going to tell the difference.
4: But, I mean, like... Uh, what was your guys' experience with Stacey's mom? I just felt like that video was on, like,
2: 24 hours. Yeah,
3: it was on all the time. Is comical.
2: I didn't even watch music videos like you guys do, and I heard that song everywhere I went. I couldn't escape it.
3: I feel like you were kind of ahead of it,
5: Matt. Because <laughs> you had told me about this video that you'd seen. And I feel like I'd seen it, too. Because I guess we just watched MTV2 all the time back then. All you know, the like, time. Dude, I saw the song Stinks Bob. It's awesome. And I'm like, eh, I guess it's all right. <laughs> I felt like it was more like a fun dopey.
4: song. It wasn't like, this is a good song. you know. It was more just a fun pop song. Yeah. But when I When I checked out the album, it was... I loved it, but I don't know if it's list-worthy.
3: And it's cool that those guys gained some notoriety after being... They were around for a little while in the mid-'90s, and it wasn't until that song that you know yeah. they have a pretty big falling, I and think. And I
4: felt like they really just couldn't get off the ground because they, they couldn't pick a direction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just one of those things.
2: So with all the songs in this album, there's not a natural successor to Stacey's Wild.
4: No. There's no... I mean... All, all the rest of them are just kind of they're okay catchy songs that don't really blend well together. I mean, I just like the record because I liked all the songs. I wouldn't say it's like a super good album. I just do you think they I
2: thought it was important to two thousand three? Sure. It seems like they're the kind of band that you know they're just a little too early because nowadays people don't even give a shit about albums. You can just put songs out. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. <laughs> Maybe.
3: Yeah, I guess iTunes wasn't really that big.
2: Did it, exi- it, was, it existed, it but existed. It, was just, it was just getting off the But ground.
4: yeah, like Stacy's mom was built for iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds yeah, it sick. Maybe should they re-release it?
5: Re-release it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, re-release a so song I, that already exists.
4: Well, yeah, but like how many... I mean, I, I'd invest in that. Maybe I should, <laughs> under my name, I'll re-release it to iTunes. There you go. To <laughs> no one will
3: be the wiser. Stacy's mom, that was the song. So I was he, like, how it was very cars inspired. It had that kind of sound to it. Yeah. I heard they wanted Rico Kasich to be like in the music video or something. I don't know what he would have done. Would he have been Mister Stacey's mom? Stacey's dad. <laughs> Stacey's dad. It's making making me, me
2: sad. I was gonna say glad. Glad. Whoa. Whoa. Ooh. How subversive.
3: That's that's a fun video. Like at the end, that kid's like he's like jerking it. Like oh. <laughs>
2: Oh, yeah. That's such an early 2000s joke. <laughs> How is that an baby. early 2000s joke? <laughs>
3: People have been making jokes. Walking out, masturbating, like American Pie. I don't know. It just feels well, right. Wasn't for the it kind of
4: like influenced by uh, whatchamacallit? Fast Times of Richmond. Yeah. yeah, I guess that was it. Was <laughs> well, the early American
5: t- Pie. Drinking.
4: I guess that was an early 2000s jerking it movie. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it was all about jerking it.
4: That's
3: like why it was
2: called that. Is it called jerkin' it? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So, I know, I know, like, that song. I know the song we just heard. and I think there was a song in Scrubs once. Is this album going to be on the list? Or should we bump it?
4: Yeah, I'll probably bump it. I mean, you guys, none
3: of you have listened to it. <laughs> well, it's, so, it's, it's like 55 minutes, which I feel like is too long for me for this band. Yeah. That's the best answer I can I know what you mean, though. Like,
5: that catchy kind of power pop thing it should not be like a half hour to 40 minutes yeah. at most.
4: But, like, it's not all, like upbeat like they have mm-hmm. a bunch of ballads too i mean it's mm-hmm. it's really like they try to hit every possible
3: yeah i think that's the problem is some people go in and think like, i hope i could hear 12 stacy's Moms, you know 12 <laughs> yeah. tracks that are very similar and then you get something different and so you get 20 other ones <laughs> yeah so it, you know it was nice to talk about it though
2: okay let's keep it together with guster
4: Know that anyone else liked Guster? Does anyone like Guster?
5: You mean, not really. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> Fine, I guess.
4: I was all about this
5: album. I don't know why again. It just just catching right time, right place. Yeah, I mean, Guster. I it
4: just—it's funny. Like when you said 2003 albums, and I was like, ah, I wonder—like uh, this might be boring, but. Like there's so many albums that came out in 2003 like, that I was put, all about. You put
5: way more albums on here than anyone else.
4: Yeah, it's just because I don't usually put things on the list, so I got excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, do you have this album?
5: No,
3: no. You just looked it up. I listened to, to most of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I,
4: I, I just—it's it, like it, I get It's just another one of those I can just put on and not have to skip any songs. I'll just be like, oh yeah, I remember the song kind of a reminiscing album for me
2: this sounds like music you would hear on the OC I've seen all of the OC
5: were they, were they on the OC probably <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to talk
4: about that more later actually oh, yeah. so
3: I look forward to it you can reach into my depth of knowledge on the OC <laughs> yeah I don't know I can't tell you much about this album it's weird their action I got I was like this is kind of like Four Man's Wilco or something. Just like a little bit. I just, I mean, I'm, I don't think everyone has that experience. of just how I felt. For some well, there, but it, it was, was fun. The
4: single, I, you know, of course I, I got into this album because of MTV2. Oh, yeah. I saw their video. You we were big on MTV2. Oh, yeah. Because that's, like, that's where you got I was a big VH1 guy. We'd oh, have like <laughs> sleepovers where we'd stay up all night watching MTV2. And that
5: was like our source of new music. Yeah. <laughs> and it
4: wasn't bad. Yeah. Like, I wish there was a channel was... like that now. but Maybe like MTV2. Three Six. or four? Ocho. FTV TV Ocho. But I just remember like the uh, the drummer was just like walking around with this standing up snare drum. Like you could hear, he just has like a stand a snare drum with brushes and a, like a cymbal. That's his whole. That's his kit. I don't know if he ever expands, but that makes sense why they they.
3: they-, they- there's that MTV show where they covered the whole first yeah. Violent Films album because that's what their drummer does. Yeah. So it's like, oh, it was perfect. I feel like that show only lasted two episodes yeah, or something. I should have had more. That was kind of. A or cool bands concept. cover old albums. That yeah. was cool. But what were the other ones?
5: The other one was Dashboard Confessional doing uh, REM's Automatic for the People. I think.
4: I was just, yeah, I remember that because I didn't watch it because I was like, I hate Dashboard. Confessional. Yeah, they
5: <laughs> sucked <laughs> real bad. <laughs> Sean knows what I'm talking about.
2: What, Spider-Man? Yeah. I, I will not be vindicated <laughs> right now. Fine, I will
5: vindicate yeah. you on the spot.
2: Let's see. There's, there's something about those Spider-Man <laughs> songs. They're like so bad, I'm kind of about them. <laughs> Except for, like, there's no song for Spider-Man 3. That's why it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just talking about the Nickelback featuring this other douchebag. <laughs>
5: So are we going to take songs out of consideration?
4: You mean albums?
5: Albums, yeah. Yeah, that's your job. Fountains of Wayne out. Yeah. Is yeah. Guster out?
4: Pretty much everything I put on the list
3: is it Because mm-hmm. no one else has listened
4: to it. Hey, okay. I one.
3: attempted both of those. I just, there was like, oh man, there's like 20 albums on this list. I'm, I tried to listen to as many as I could, but it was hard to get through a whole lot of I mean, it,
4: it only really works if you liked it back then. I feel like that's what this list is it's about. Part of, yeah,
3: nostalgia is a big yeah. part of it.
4: Because, yeah, I, I mean, going back now, it's like... I don't know if I would get into Guster these days, you know? <laughs>
2: hmm. Well, it'd be weird. You'd be like, man, I'm, ge- I'm really getting into Guster
5: I'm <laughs> <laughs> trapped in some sort of time warp. <laughs> get out of here, crazy person.
2: I think my iPod's Guster. a wormhole. Uh, okay. The Black Album is by Jay Z, and it sounds like this
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. Ooh.
4: I don't I can't pinpoint when You guys got into hip hop You're just like I guess people like this I better start listening to it Because I've never gotten into it Yeah John used to hate rap I remember that Is that true? Uh, I don't know I remember remember him being
5: like I did too, honestly Like I remember when Like 99 Problems Was was huge on MTV too and that was a song where I was like, this is okay, but I, I can't like it because I just had this thing where it was just like hip-hop sucked. I could yeah. not like hip-hop. Yeah. I just could not commit myself to it for some reason. But listening now, I fucking love that song. It's so badass. And the rest of the album is pretty good. It's got kind of an interesting approach because it's like, I feel like there's a billion different producers And in rap, I guess, producing means you basically create the beats. (laughs) And, uh...
2: I love that it's like that, because, like, at this point, Jay-Z is done just being, like, a dude with street cred. He's, like, the king of hip-hop.
5: And this was the one where he said, I'm retiring after this. After this album, I'm done. (laughs) And you can get... It's got a kind of weird, like, autobiographical tone to the album, like like the first song is basically him just telling you his life story like, <laughs> yes. I don't
2: know I'm not really into hip hop there's just a, a few albums by a few artists that, that I really like and, and Jay-Z's one of those I mean that, that just shows you how little rap credibility I have because <laughs> I'm like yeah Jay-Z is pretty great I'm sure real people are like yeah this. he's old news this old hat going back to MTV2
4: Remember Sucker Free Sundays? Yeah. I hated <laughs> Sucker Free Sundays. All Sunday I could not watch MTV two because it was all, all like hip hop. And and then slowly Sucker Free took over MTV two. Yeah,
5: basically we had the Sucker Free <laughs> Network. Yeah,
4: and so it was like, oh uh, can't watch this. Sunday. So wait, you were a sucker?
5: I guess. I don't know what Sucker Free meant. I guess people who like rock music are suckers but I don't know, yeah, I
2: Listen don't know. To The man's music I guess That's weird if that's true <laughs> If like rock is the man It probably is
4: the White folk
2: is it?
3: Rock is supposed to be anti-establishment Yeah <laughs> Not to the other people I don't know that any music is the man
2: PepsiCo took it over John it Pepsi took, over, took over, ra- over rock? Yeah, PepsiCo <laughs> owns rock now.
3: They own genre. The yeah.
2: Ever since they got that commercial with Michael Jackson. I
3: don't think that's right. <laughs> See, but he's on. the king of
2: pop. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, getting back to the fact that he was
5: retiring and that there's so many producers, I feel like all the people who produce them, uh, they're trying to up their game to create the best beats for Jay-Z. So he had something good to go out on. And I do love the fact that Rick Rubin uh, came in to do 99 Problems. And he hadn't produced a hip hop track in years. Jay's like, no, I got to have you do this. And he just kills it, man. (laughs) Because he kind of went back to an old school style using like a a sample from the band Mountain, like the classic rock group, and then using a Wilson Pickett drum sample, which seems very old school, but it's, you know, just a great 2000s rap track.
3: Yeah, Rick Rubin's a man. He's so eclectic. All the bands he produces, too. This is everything from Jay-Z to Chili Peppers to Slipknot. Slayer. He's cool. And that was sweet in that music video. He's walking around with Jay-Z and they look like, oh, these guys are up to no good. <laughs> this 50-year-old dude with a big beard. I'm all about when he's like, this song's not about women.
5: You know?
3: like, Why?
5: Because totally. Like- I read that. He said the bitch refers to a police dog, which kind of makes sense because the rest of the lyrics are all about him getting pulled over right. for drug possession.
3: Do his lyrics tend to be more introspective, or are they just more of like, this is what happened to me, or something? Or a little bit of both? A or?
5: little bit of both. Kind of introspective, kind of, you know, your typical, I'm the best around <laughs> kind of stuff. Yeah. You know? But,
3: <laughs>
2: but still, you know, he seems a little more philosophical than most yeah. of the lyrics. This is a dude who, yes. like, just became an owner of a basketball team. Like, he was peerless. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried rapping. It's <laughs> not easy to... Develop a flow and and make your words sound good on top of that music. And Jay Z has a flow like no other. It's,
5: it's flow pretty, of the century, to quote him. Himself. And he doesn't write. He doesn't write it
3: down. That's what I I've heard.
5: That's yeah. That's
3: right. It's all just from memory. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing in itself. Yeah. So yeah. We're so white. Yeah. We are. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for him, but yeah, I'm, I'm not like a big hip hop fan. I like some hip hop. Like white hip hop, uh, like yeah, I'd probably say my favorite hip hop act is the Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Anyways,
5: like, oh, so, this is for me. This is for me. <laughs> <laughs> this is my music. But uh, you know, it doesn't need to make the list. Just thought we'd throw in some hip hop just
2: to. You know how white I am, ecliptic. What you what? know how I got? How white are you? white are you? Are you? <laughs> I got into the black album by listening to the gray album, which is this mixed with Beatles music. Yeah. Danger Mouse. Danger Mouse, that's right. How is that? I haven't listened to it. It's pretty good. Seems it's really black interesting. Al- so. The black album's better. Yeah. Uh but my whiteness led me to the gray album <laughs> first. <laughs> he um, couldn't have made any money off that. It must have been like free, nah. right? Yeah, he yeah. just like did it himself. He's like, or
3: he would have been sued like billion billion times. I feel like he was. <laughs> like Apple is <was> totally
2: <laughs> Especially to Apple, yeah. They can be kind of
3: douchebags.
5: That's f- not Apple, the computer. The computers, not
3: Apple of the record company. Interesting he, though.
4: He was sued so many ways, so many from different directions. <laughs> he
3: sued oh, ninety nine different ways.
2: What a bitch! ain't one. All right. Okay. Uh, let's get born. Try move this along. And out my jet.
4: Cardinal sin of the podcast by picking a song with a long intro. We just got to get to the scream. Yeah,
3: uh, I got a story about that.
4: Yeah! Hey man, you want to buy some computer games?
3: <laughs> yeah, that was this homeless guy that walked up to me, Nancy, after we saw Jet in concert. What should I talk about first? Should I talk about when we played "Cold Hard Bitch" at Bluefish or the school dance? Because our we we were in a band and we used to cover this song. Uh, also, are you going to be my girl by Jet? But so are there are two different experiences. I well, I have two different experiences. Do it chronological, John. I just remember feeling like a badass. It'd be the school dance first. I remember we we're playing it. We just learned it. I feel like that day or the day before, <laughs> real recently. Where we just like yeah, we got to play. This we got to play the newest Jet single because we played the last Jet song. <laughs> And I was real nervous because I was like, oh man, our friend Remy, his mom's like a chaperone at the school <laughs> dance. She's going to get us busted because <laughs> the song's bitch, cold hard bitch. We're going to like, you're all suspended. <laughs> they were
4: referring to police dogs, so it's like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. So yeah, I was, I was nervous about that, but it, it went down okay. I just remember I wasn't as good at playing this song, so Nick's just like, I'll just play most of it. You just play little parts here and there. But I thought we did an okay job of it, except. I remember when we were playing at the Bluefish Music Festival in Kirkland. It's not as cool as it sounds. Uh, But we were doing Soundcheck, and we used this as our Soundcheck song. And there's this guy who works at the Teen Center named uh, Jeremy, who I feel like is like our mentor. (laughs) He really wasn't. But we were like friends with him. He's a guy that worked there and worked all the music stuff. And they were working on the sound mixers. And I remember every time we played that song, I'd have to do that, the scream that he—that starts the song. And sometimes I'd do it well, and sometimes I wouldn't do it well. <laughs> and I just remember practicing it, and I'd do my, yeah, and it's so bad. And I just remember looking out to the audience, and Jeremy puts his hands over his forehead and just like. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so bad. Like, that did not sound good. Oh. I felt so embarrassed that I let him down, our mentor, who trained us, you know, so well. At least, you know, he thought he did okay that's only sound shit I think we nailed I mean I nailed it uh, when we played it it's good to know later but we also played Are You Gonna Be My Girl at uh, the Battle of the Bands Junior High Battle of the Bands we rocked that joint people people dug it that was a that
2: was a big song I feel like it was bigger with you three guys than anyone else though you were
3: Pretty much. We were like the biggest Jet fans. At least, I don't know how... If, were you calling me... I
5: wasn't fan? even that big of a Jet fan. Yeah. Like, I never owned this album, but I knew like every song off of it because you guys were so Me and are pretty big it. Jet fans, I guess. I feel
4: like it was my transition from like... Because when I first got into music, I was like all about classic rock, you know, and like I think it really did... High
5: come in at the perfect time because yeah. we were getting into like the Stones and Zeppelin yeah. and all that classic and so, rock but stuff. But this was
4: just like a transition into new music, you know? Yeah. like this
5: Because <laughs> it just sounded exactly you know, like, like those old bands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
4: but, I mean, it, it allowed us to explore other avenues of music, I felt, because it was like, this is new, but it sounds like the stuff we really like, so.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's new, but it's got like the sweet ACDC-like riffs kind of, when they're from Australia, so it makes and Jet, they're named after the Paul McCartney song. Totally. Nice. Right? Yeah, I know you're a big fan of that song. I'm sure. Huge fan of Jet. You're the Jet. biggest fan of that song. Are you so
2: like. mad that they didn't uh, play it at the Olympics? Yeah, I'm seething, you know, what, three, four weeks later now. I'm still pissed about it. You know, post nine eleven. Maybe so if I'm they ever
3: have another Olympics in, like, Australia, they'll have Jet play Jet.
2: Well, they broke up.
3: Yeah, but they'll. Get back together just for it's that. It's the Olympics, man. You yeah. Put them back together. They put
4: the Spice Girls back together. They can put Jeff. But yeah, I was together. a big fan.
3: They're like my favorite band for Spice a Girls. while. And I saw them twice in concert. Both both times are the opening act, though. <laughs> I guess they never got that big. They uh,
4: deserve to be the opening or the closing act of the one uh, we went to.
3: Yeah, we saw them on the Austra- Australian Invasion tour. The Vines. And Vines weren't aren't a particularly good live band. For, so for that brain. was kind of a – that was a bit of a downer. But they they rocked it, even though both times I saw them, they played, like, the exact same set. It's it kind of disappointing. I mean, it's funny. Looking back at Jet, it's, they seem kind of, like, juvenile, like, just lyrically, lyrical content. And Yeah, just,
5: I don't think any band in this day and age should be able to get away with saying, yeah, and, come on, as much as they all do. All the song <laughs> names are
3: like, get what you need, you know, or, <laughs> you know, just real – Generic, just kind of forgettable. But they, they they, really did rock, though. They were, they're were, they a lot of fun. I, I feel like they're not a band that, you, you know, you're supposed to look that deep into. Because they're not... I hope they're not trying to be, like, deep. If they are, that's kind of sad, because they're not. But it's just a band that's, like, fun. You're like, you know, oh, getting a beer. I guess, you know, we're too young. So even their ballads get a Tropical pretty... Sprite remix. Let's party. <laughs> even their ballads were pretty catchy. Their ballads they? were nice. I guess I just think of what... The, like the jet albums that came after were just it just I mean kinda, after this it's like they album, felt like a, they're a parody of themselves or something yeah. later on after
4: this album, I don't think I ever mm-hmm. had any interest
3: well, they were never quite as they were exciting. just citing
4: they were just my vehicle to get into new music.
2: <laughs> the only thing good they did besides this album was the song they did for Spider-Man too. It's pretty sweet. It's that Full was Long. a really
3: good song, and it was not on there. Yeah, albums. it was only
2: on the Spider-Man Two soundtrack. So I downloaded Spider-Man Two soundtrack, mm-hmm. which is why I had "Vindicated" by Dashboard Confessional <laughs> in my iTunes library for the rest of my life. <laughs> is it still on there? <laughs> well, no, because my hard drive pooped out. I lost all everything. Did it brown? No, but white it whited out. I
3: listened to "Get Born" recently again, and it was still fun. Definitely takes me back. Yeah.
2: Was "Are You Gonna Be My Girl" the first like really big iPod commercial song? Yeah, yeah, it might have think been. So. Yeah. so I guess it's it's a trendsetter in that way. I'm trying. What else? What? what "Jerk It Out" by the Caesars, I guess. There's also that uh, Vertigo by U2. Yeah, when they came up with the U2 edition iPod. Yeah, that was pretty big. That's so
4: weird. u Have they done that since? What? Like a. Band and
5: edition issue.
2: iPod now. I guess it's all phones think, now. Didn't they do a Beatles one? Uh, like when they announced that uh, I don't know. Like Beatles solo music was gonna start being on iTunes. Uh, uh,
1: uh, if
4: they did, it didn't <laughs> matter. Not like the YouTube one. Cares? That was a big deal.
2: At least in my memory. Well they saw those product red ones. I feel like bands are associated with that. Mm-hmm. Some bands but George Clooney maybe so is is this is this one making the list it could for me
5: it could uh, doesn't I have to be high I'm, okay <laughs> i'm not big on jet but
4: i mean i guess uh, i'm along a, for the ride it's
5: more of a nostalgia thing <laughs> yeah. i feel like i mean
4: i'm a, i'm totally approaching this list as Nostalgic.
5: Yeah, that's not how I'm doing it. Yeah. I feel like my problem back then was I was too set in listening to older music. I didn't quite get into listening to newer music until like later in the 2000s. -hmm. So some of this is
3: kind of new to me. We keep it around for now.
5: Yeah, sure. Anyways, let's move on with Kings of Leon with Youth and Young Manhood.
3: Kings of Leon, a family band. That's right. They were all like, just like Jet. three brothers and a cousin. Yeah, Jet was, was uh, two brothers and their friends. But yeah, and uh, this was their 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 debut. I didn't get him get into them until the second album. But I remember Molly's Chambers that on MTV too. That that song. I was like, wow, these guys are like so like dirty, and they look just look like all these hippies. They had these big hair and like facial hair. They looked really funny looking. Which is funny because they don't look like that anymore. They're, no. they're so clean cut these days. They look like Calvin Klein, yeah, models. <laughs> now, back then, they were so shaggy and dirty, and their songs rocked a lot more. And they're they just seem more. I don't know. I want to say I say I'm, emotional, powerful. I wasn't the story
2: that they were like they were like part of a church band. Or something. Their and dad then, was like a minister, or something. Yeah. yeah. And then they like struck out on their own and became a band. And so there's like this. There's a lot more it's a lot more raw early on with Kings of Leon and then you know they got older they got more mature maybe they got back to the, their father's ways or something and they became a lot less interesting as, as they became a lot more popular which is unfortunate uh, but I, I really love like you can't even really understand what they're singing about in most of these songs yeah,
1: it's, mm-hmm.
4: I felt like I could never get into the voice I just didn't I didn't like the voice
2: really? Yeah, he's like rr, 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 rr. just, just, just me. Uh, as not a good singer, I'm like, yeah, I can sing along with this. You know, in your defense, Sean, rock band has made you an
5: okay singer. <laughs> Perhaps the greatest compliment you'll ever receive on this podcast,
2: or at least about my singing in my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> But yeah, this album's dirty, raw. I hate to be one of those people that's like, I only like their old stuff or something. Oh, yeah. Like their old stuff
3: people. is so, it, it just seems so different. So much more rock. This It seems like that early 2000s rocked so hard. It's interesting how you had those those bands that rocked and then it kind of like evolved into more alternative, like, like Death Cab and like Arcade Fire kind of became the new kind of bands that people were into. It's kind of an interesting progression. I mean, I was, I'm down with it because I'm always interested in trying out new music and everything, but
2: interesting how that changed but this album just has it uh some of my absolute favorite uh kings of leon songs kind of like the death cab album it's like maybe they went on to have a better album than this but uh you know california waiting we're really listening to right now uh, red light yeah uh molly's chambers holy roller novocaine so i've just in- reintroduced to john uh listen to him it's crazy i love that i I love the craziness to this album it's just like we're getting out there it's it, it's like uh you know how uh, jesus yeah you know how jesus had that <laughs> big, big gap of time in his life be like what's he up to this is what he was probably doing right and these
3: guys kind of looked like jesus so yeah i think you've made a connection I,
2: yeah. Jesus.
3: Kings of Leon are Jesus. They're the Jesus of our time. Yeah. <laughs> They're the Jesus of our time, basically. Maybe they were
2: the second coming and we just... And we missed it. We missed it.
4: Well, I guess we didn't really... We
2: we, we made them music. celebrities. Wasn't enough. So you guys big enough on this album to
5: make the list? I've never heard it personally.
2: Remember how in 2009 I was just doing lists of stuff? For the 2000s? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, this is on that list for me. Alright, so it's in your top ten, I guess.
3: I got your back on this one, Sean. John's got I'm with that. I'm with All you. Right. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I only
5: really listened to be to because of the times and then the one they did after. And then they got popular and I was like, I don't care enough to go back and listen to the older albums.
2: The first two I really like. Those are yeah. my
3: favorites. Okay. okay. Aha Shake Heartbreak is the second one that that was the one I got into. And that was that was pretty sweet too. So yeah.
2: It's weird. I feel like I got into this on my own. I feel like you guys like, you should check out kings of leon but not this album <laughs> uh, but i didn't listen I see. and i went and did it on my own and i was all about it and it sounds like you like it too john so that's good yes definitely this is, so yeah let's let's keep it and move on to muse and their album absolution
3: This album was the first time I was aware of Muse. I remember I heard about them. Um, there's a commercial for this album, like go to like go to Target and buy the latest from Muse. <laughs> one of those kind of things. And I think it was for the they're playing like uh, time, time like time is running out. It was one of their early big kind of big songs. And I was just like, these guys are so gay. They're so cool. They're wearing tight black clothes in the video, and they're trying to act so cool, like mugging to the camera. There's all these chicks mm-hmm. around everywhere <laughs> in like, military every uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> I just mean, like, I don't know. I don't even know what I mean. But I was just like, these guys t- think they're so cool. Yeah. But then they were playing uh, Time is Running Out in really heavy rotation on VH1. Which yeah, I watched a lot. Of. You were more of a VH1. I was more fan. of a VH1, which was weird because VH1 had a lot of worst things about it. Um. <laughs> but they play this lot and now that song, Time's Running Out, is what is my f- like my favorite Muse song. Mm-hmm. I love how they they can get really heavy sometimes. And mm-hmm. then they're faintly electronic. There's always one part of a muse song. Usually the bridge, it's like the bridge is always like äh <people> <està> And he's got the the kind of whiny vocals with the kind of I don't know I think they kinda grow on you. Always kinda like I think people early on were saying, oh, Muse just wishes they were like Radiohead. Like his singing style a little bit. It definitely reminds it's me got, of has It's Tom got York. kind of that... The, like the way he draws out his words, yeah. kind of like Tom York from Radiohead. I, I think they've gotten past that, though, and kind of developed their own style. And they've experimented a lot more on more recent albums, but this, uh, I think this one is the
2: most... Is that the part you're talking about? Yeah, see, every every Muse <laughs> song has something like this. It's got a I feel like you're doing that... Like, the loop they stole from that Super Nintendo game, Top Gear, or whatever it's called. (laughs) I don't know. Which is cool. These guys
3: have a huge sound. They're only three guys. I mean, of course, they have, like, loops going on and stuff. But, like, Matthew Bellamy, the lead singer, is such a great guitarist, and he always has these really heavy, crunchy parts. There's some songs on here that almost have, like, heavy metal riffs, like Stockholm Syndrome. It's just, like, this is almost like death metal. But then he comes in, he's like... -uh 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 I mean, it's it's one of those things where either it strikes a chord with you, or you're like, "This guy is just a whiny bitch."
5: It's kind of how I feel. I feel like he's just over-emoting too much. It was like, okay, I get it. You you got emotions deep inside, and you want to spread them out to the world, but it, it's just a little too much for me, I guess. But that's the thing with this band. I don't know. I feel like they're trying to be too huge sounding.
3: Well, it's it's like everything's apocalyptic almost with Yeah, movies. I don't know. Well, that's, that's basically what this album is all about. Yeah. You look at the album cover, it's got all these shadows, like they're going up to the sky. I mean, that's pretty much what the album is about. It's about apocalypse.
2: And I guess I, yeah, I'm on John's side because I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why can't one band be like that? It's ambitious. Uh. And I think, you know, maybe to some people, they don't think they
3: succeed with that. But I think, you know, it's respectable that they try to do something really big that a lot of other bands really aren't doing. They're, it's funny, we're, we're muses today, they're, they're almost like symphonic rock. Like they did, they did a song for the Olympics this year. It's got to be on their new album, which comes out in September, and it's just huge. It's got like this huge chorus, like, oh, 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 like all these voices, and I love that. This they try to be really big,
2: they, you know, no holds bar, throw right. in the kitchen sink. I feel like, yeah, they've probably gone too much in that direction. I feel like after Black Holes and Revelations, they've kind of gone downhill, at least for me. No, I've, I've, I haven't been disappointed since this album came out. I've liked all
3: three this one and black holes and then resistance i liked all of them so i mean they i I like what they're doing it's mass epic but i understand that this probably isn't going to make the list you don't think so i mean i like
4: it i know you like muse i like muse i remember listening to the first album in
2: like junior high but you're so ahead of the times what do you mean I don't care. To well, I didn't use I mean, I, I knew about
3: them, you know? but I didn't really like listen to this until later on. But I was, I was just really about time is running out. That song is yeah. great.
4: That's what got me to listen to that one. Time. But I never really got into it past that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So I don't know. I don't know. I don't
2: know. We got to keep moving. How about uh, my morning jacket? And uh, it still moves. I kind of miss this, my morning jacket.
5: I kind of do too. I really like the whole southern rock thing they were doing yeah. early on. It's, it's pretty cool. At the same time, I mean, Z is like, I feel like their best album, and that's the one where they really branched out into weirder sounds, yeah. which is cool. It's cool. But yeah, this early stuff's. You can also cool believe too. it's a
3: different band. Kinda. <laughs> well, it's cool that they've experimented. But this probably is, I think, the sound that they're like them the best for was they kind of country inspired because they're from Kentucky yeah it, seemed, it feels so right they do this this the best and there's some really nice laid back stuff on here and there's some nice rock stuff
2: on here too you know? yeah I don't, I don't think anything rocks harder than one big holiday
3: I always thought if I was like a baseball player that'd totally be my walk up music or like a <laughs> pitcher that'd be so epic to walk out that to that cool. I felt real fortunate at least um, we saw music at er, music yeah New Morning Jacket at Sasquatch that they opened that because that's such a perfect opening on the holiday. And uh, I think... I really love Jim James. Like, on Facebook, he's on my list of inspirational people. Because, for, for one, he has one of my favorite vocal styles. Which is weird movie. because when pe- first people first hear my Morning Jacket, like, it sounds so weird. Sounds like a Muppet or something.
2: I don't know how even to put it. I just... I feel like it's a really different experience for everyone depending on what My Morning Jacket album they hear first. Like if if I was introducing someone to My Morning Jacket I probably would play Z and that would be a very different experience for me. You know the first thing I heard was At Dawn the first song on Ooh. At Dawn. Why was the
3: live album <laughs> Oh Oakland, Colin's Car? Yeah. <laughs> I remember listening to it when we went to go see The Prestige. That would have been uh, yeah. 2006. <laughs> And I was like, this is really sweet. Because we heard One Big Holiday on the Way. I was like, wow, this rocks.
5: Yeah, I was really into this band. In my later high school years, I guess. I don't know, I've kind of grown not as much of a big a fan. But listening to this album again, I was like, yeah, I still like this. I, I haven't grown out of it. It's, it's still good music. I just, their last two albums, I guess I'm not as big a fan. I haven't really returned to them that much. But this one in Z and at dawn, I really love. Mm-hmm.
3: I put that up with like one of some of my favorite modern bands. I'm wearing Jacket. This one's great. I, I've, 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 liked, I've loved it all. makes me happy. The
5: only problem I have with it is that I really love like all the live versions of his songs that are on Okanooka's just because they rock so much mm-hmm. harder. Because I feel like they got a new guitarist when they went on that tour. And I kind of prefer all those versions better.
2: I don't know. I I just never had Okunoko since you like, you should should get this live album. It's sweet. Because
5: they're such a good live band. It's actually (sighs) worth listening to them live on
2: record. But I guess just because I didn't have that and I had this for a while before I got Okunoko. So, like, I grew attached to these versions. And then I was just like... Okanogan is even better, mm-hmm. but I, 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 just, I really I listen to this even now, even now, even now, even now. It's almost a decade old. This an album I have a lot of nostalgia for. Just not in two thousand three. I have nostalgia for listening to it in two thousand seven. <laughs> riding the train down to Oregon to college alone. How romantic. <laughs> yeah sweet Oregon landscape. There's
5: nothing more romantic than being alone.
2: On a train. I just mean the ideal,
3: not (laughs) alone on a a train. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you're (laughs) talking about.
5: If
3: you like them, they'll be playing September 7th at Merrymore Park. (laughs) Be there. Or be square.
5: I don't know, I've already seen them twice. (laughs) They're pretty good live, though. Shall we move on? I think we shall. Since that one will probably have a Fairly good chance of making the list, I guess. about the new Pornographers with The Electric Version?
2: I'm all about this album. That doesn't surprise me. Which album
3: uh, had involved you calling like a Best Buy or a Circuit City? That was uh, That wasn't the this one, one after no. that was always that was kind twin of a funny cinema. story. Right? I wanna
4: say Twin Cities, I guess I'm just in this Minnesota mode. Uh-huh. Now. Since the twins are just in town. But yeah, Twin Cinema. Why did I do
3: that? You wanted to see if they had it, right? I guess. <laughs> but they thought they were like
5: Pornography? No. No, it <laughs> has pornography. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't remember that. No, do you have new pornography? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have new pornography. We don't have old pornography. So I
4: yeah, damn it. <laughs> um, this is the first uh, new pornographer album I listened to. My brother got me into them. It's just ultimate power pop for me. It's just, and plus, it's a super group of Canadian people I'd never heard of. So I didn't real, I didn't realize it was a super group at the time. But um, I mean, I got into all. Uh, all the uh, solo work except for Destroyer because I'm not worried about Destroyer. He's kind of a
5: douche. Sean likes Destroyer. Don't you? Leave me alone. (laughs) I just I wasn't trying to pick on you. (laughs) I just Yes, I
4: love Destroyer.
5: Okay. It's great. I just feel like you should have said something there.
4: Were you at that
3: show though? He wasn't. No. No. We went to go see him at Marymore Park. Marymore Park. Marymore Park. (laughs) Be there. But I don't know, weren't you just turned off by him, like, he'd come on stage? Yeah, he he leaves when he's not, like, singing lead. Yeah. Like, he, like you can just play along with him, you don't have to just leave, we can yeah. see you there in the corner of the stage. Yeah. It's kind of like, why is he even in the band? Yeah. You just come to the show to sing three but, like, songs? like, Nico
4: Case wasn't even at that show. That was very disappointing. But then I got to see her later, so I felt like... Like combine works. the experiences in my brain.
3: But they put on a great show, and uh, that got me into them. I have actually haven't got to this one yet, but I've, I've heard I mean, together.
4: This is, this is kind of their... Uh, the
3: their, big their, one? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember hearing about them in Rock Band, electric version of the song was in there. or One of the Guitar Heroes or something like that. Rock Band. Yeah. But I've listened to together, and their most recent one, which I both liked a yeah. lot. I,
4: I'd really good. recommend this one. This is... This is kind of the breakthrough one. And even the one before that is uh is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd probably say Twin Cinema is my yeah. least favorite. Hmm.
5: Even though I went to such great legs to get it. <laughs> but that's I, just,
1: a, yeah.
4: I, I just like had to get it the first day. I was like yeah. it's really like one of the only albums I've like like gotten on the it's opening day and mm-hmm. it's like a big deal for opening me. Day. I feel like it's always kind of a... Uh,
3: uh, how do I put that?
5: <laughs> the release date, I guess.
3: It's always kind of a gamble when you have a supergroup because you have different artists coming in to bringing in different songs that they sing. But they all gel really well together, I think. Yeah. And they have such a rich sound together. And I was almost... like When I first...
4: Because, of course, I was all about the female vocal lead, as I am, Nico Case. But, and, but it was a really big shock. I didn't get into her solo stuff as fast because... Her solo stuff is nothing like. I mean, it's really country and it's totally different. She doesn't really sing pop songs, you know. What I, I mean? love her solo stuff. I like it way more than new <laughs> pornographers. I mean, I like it now. I kind of may, force myself to listen to it, and, and I like it now. But it's it's not the. It's, it's not as. It's not like power catchy. pop. yeah. It's not power sweet pop. keyboard. Yeah. <laughs>
3: it's more like lonely men with fiddles. I feel like a lot of a lot of guys in her backup van had, like, huge beards. Yeah, <laughs> They're, like, awesome. 60 years old. <laughs> she talked about her cat. A mm-hmm. lot.
2: It's funny because her Wayne. name is spelled the same way as the Japanese word for cat. Mm-hmm. It's All- pronounced Nako. Mm. What was the deal with her? She's
4: from Tacoma, right? Mm-hmm. But it's weird to it have a super group of, like, these people that... Like, when they first got together, I felt no one in the United States, like, knew anything about these people. Mm-hmm. They were just kind of a B.C. band. Yeah. I feel like
2: that's how Broken Social Scene was as well. Hmm. I didn't know they were super good. Yeah. They got, like, Leslie Feist is in there. She was. And others. feel like she's not really with them anymore.
5: Oh, yeah? But then again, they only <laughs> release an album, like, every four years yeah. or so.
4: I just remember. This just reminds me this discussion of the uh, the Monsters of Folk uh, supergroup video. Oh, or a video was where they, they talk about, about, about to... their favorite <laughs> supergroups. Yeah.
3: Were they talking about like Justice League and stuff? <laughs> I like when they talk about Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and they're like, "All oh, they all have different fathers, they're the same mother." <laughs> and uh, what was their you know their big hit? It was like, "Oh, ABC, <laughs> I'll be there." And then one of them went on to do Thriller. He's like, "Yeah, that was Stills, because Still, Stiller, Stiller, Thriller." thriller. <laughs> they just go through all these different bands, groups, and then just give all the wrong information about all of them. And they're like really serious, like they like that's what they know. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, 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 that's right. I like when they talk. They talk about like Damn Yankees. He's like, this band's like really racist. Like, it's pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, Jim James and Connor Overs have a pretty good rapport. Yeah. They should do like a For talk show. For someone like <laughs> Conor Overs, I can imagine just like not even
4: like having a rapport or having any sense of humor. Well, Jim
3: right? James is like the funny one. Yeah. He like, he gives all the jokes, but Connor Overs like sets him up. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody should get on that. Give him a sort of YouTube series. I'd watch it. <laughs> and yeah, the new pornographers are good. So I think this album yeah, has a chance since it seems like you like it a lot. So, yeah. so.
2: I'm not going to give up on it. <gasps> Next up, the Postal Service with Give Up.
5: Kind
4: of a damn long intro.
5: Well, all the songs of this album have long electronic intros. Yeah with this
3: one. He just has the most beautiful voice. Seriously. Ben Gibbard. We saw him Beauty. twice today. Yeah, at the Mariners game. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> There's a lot of people that look like Ben <laughs> Gibbard. Our... Pretty good chance we saw him today. <laughs> I mean, the odds are in our favor. They're definitely in our favor. He's a favorite. big marriage yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Hometown hero. Uh, I first heard this album from my dad. It was weird. Lucky. Kept up with, yeah, he kept up with music. He's like, hey, it's the guy from Death Cab, like, dicking around on laptops. <laughs> like, ah, yeah,
5: I'm intrigued. It's a good summary. Who's the other
3: guy? He was, like, a producer or something. Yeah, who gives I feel like he they weren't even... Yeah, who gives a
5: shit? He wrote all the music on this album.
3: <laughs> I feel like, like, like he'd be in New York and Bangor would be somewhere else, and they, like, went back and forth to do this album, which sounds really cool. I don't know if that's true. I think I heard yeah, something like that.
4: Did they... Use the postal service? Isn't that the that's I think that's the, rumor the thing
5: I that's kind of fascinating to me that Ben Gibbard would hear these instrumental electronic songs, with these weird bleeps and bloops on him and be able to put these just great, beautiful songs on top of them? I guess it's just because he's such a natural, just great songwriter. I mean, did
4: he. I, ben Gibbard wrote like the melodies and did stuff, he? right? Yeah. I Maybe. assume. I, I don't think. That, uh, who, what, I don't even know his name. We don't even
3: know his name. The other guy, the other guy.
4: I don't think he did... Jimmy Tamborello. I don't think he did the, like, chord progressions and stuff. Okay. I think, uh, like, that's how they went back and forth. Like, he would come up with ideas and send them to Gibbard and Gibbard would write chord progressions and melodies and then send them back and then he'd fit them together with the music and... That could be totally wrong, Could I don't be, know. but, you know... That's how I'm gonna say it so, uh, for the record. For the and, mildly pleased. And it record. seems like
3: on a lot of songs, then they got Jenny Lewis do a lot of back vocals, which are really pretty and they really sound good. I he didn't like even it... like know her. this is like how he met her too. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's like, hey, you have a good voice, want to be on this album? We're doing.
4: It's funny because it does Like I always knew it was Jenny Lewis, but it just doesn't sound like her to me.
3: I, I don't know what to tell you.
4: <laughs> it is her. Yeah, just
3: She's just... even uh, the the music video for the the Silhouettes song. I believe it we'll when I see Silhouettes. it she's in the video I'll believe it when I see which it which was directed by the director of Napoleon Dynamite It's a really sweet video uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah everybody's just going uh-huh. <laughs> no it's sweet it's like this family getting ready or either getting ready for the apocalypse or like living in the apocalypse they have like really stupid like future kind of futuristic sort of outfits and Ben Gibbard's like the dad of the family it's pretty funny actually I'd check out that video I'm uh, all about this album oh so pretty it's <laughs> really good for yeah, I
5: didn't honest. get into it until after Nancy on the blog posted his top ten albums of the decade, and I was like, oh, you "Yeah, made it
3: that far,
5: that one. I should get into that one because I never did." Actually,
4: I do remember like you like for a long time that you'd never like listen to yeah, it. Yeah, even
5: or... though I was all about Death Cab, and
4: I was like, "What? <laughs> what?" I mean, I love this album way more than I like Death Cab. <laughs> I might uh, say I like it
5: better than any death cat.
2: That's right? not even, I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair. Sure, yeah. why not? It's <laughs> fucking great.
4: I mean, and it's sad that, like, they don't do anything else. But I also feel like, do I want something else?
5: I feel like it'd be just more of the same. It'd it. be just,
4: just Owl City
5: crap we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like that band. I
4: remember I thought that was, like, a new thing. They're back. And I was like,
3: wait, this like kind of sounds They're like. They're back, a- but they kind of suck now. <laughs> like, just a little bit.
4: It's like, oh, that's not. That but this, was was that the group that did the that
3: Seattle song? Owl City? Yeah. They, do a, they may have I don't know. The only song I know is their Fireflies. That's their big hit. I can't give you any further information about that gr- <laughs> That guy. I think it's just one guy. Mm-hmm. Dicking around on his laptop.
2: <laughs> he named himself a whole city?
3: Yes. I don't know. I guess he thought it sounded good. Once again, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know anything about Owl City. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe Postal Service can't go on because... The real postal service is suing their ass. I remember they – I feel like they did get into – there's some issues at some point, and they had to play a show at some, like, big postal service, like, corporate party. Postal. I don't think they even played live that many times. That may have been, like, one of the only times they ever I played they, live. they
4: played at um, Sasquatch once.
3: Oh, really? So they did They did do some touring, yeah. I guess. But I don't if it was, like, a big deal because they don't, like, tour. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be so awesome if they just took this album on tour someday again? Wouldn't you just love to go see that? I guess. Yeah. Would yeah. It, well, it just 40 be like minutes long. one guy? Well, then they do like weird other versions. Because I feel like there's a lot of, I also had a, my dad also had like a B-Sides like thing that had like other songs they did Is or this, something like that. Is this
2: really all electronic? I For some reason, I thought that uh, Ben Gibber got like Death Cab guys to play instruments yeah, on Yeah, Chris Waller plays some guitar. Some guitar. There's a
3: little yeah. bit of other stuff on it, yeah.
4: But I mean not,
2: it, there's some guitar, but that's about
4: it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I didn't hear anything else.
2: Oh, it doesn't matter because it's awesome.
4: Like that one. Oh, I totally not you're
3: talking.
2: I don't. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> yeah. Sounds like that will be on the list. We're not giving up on it. Not this year, not in this lifetime.
5: Another band <laughs> we would never give up on is Radiohead with their album, Hail to the Thief.
2: Why does this come up more than other Radiohead? I don't know.
5: Mere coincidence, Sean. I can't say it would be any other reason.
2: It's, it's. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we didn't choose 2003 for this. Well, it's mm-hmm. pretty dark. Maybe we're just really depressed.
3: I don't know. That
5: sounds about right.
3: This was this was the the yeah the first time I remember even like knowing about Radiohead or at least getting into them was when this album came out. Because I was, I was surprised. I actually got like this pretty soon after it came out, because I remember they are playing the music video for There, There, which is one of my all-time, like, top ten favorite songs. And uh, they had this really scary music video they were playing on MTV, of Tom York's, like, being turned into a tree, and there's little animal puppets, and it's really scary. I, I totally and, and I remember we, uh, me and Nancy and Colin went down to Crossroads and got a cube of fries at the Frankfurter, which doesn't think exist. we, in, bought,
5: uh, we bought, the al- you bought the album at... Uh,
3: Barnes, Barnes
5: and, and Noble, <laughs> of all places.
3: I was like, God, I hope they have it because I just. I In like, crossroads? Yeah, yeah. The, the Barnes and Nobles at that crossroads. Was there no silver
5: platters? No, I don't think it was there. Yet. I feel like
3: CDs were way harder for me to get back then, or something. I don't know because I didn't buy a whole lot because I didn't even get into music till like two thousand two. But I, I got this, and then I listened to it all Fourth of July, like the whole thing, just because every, every track I love so much. It's so dark. Looking back, now that I know more about Radiohead, I, I feel like this one's cool because it kind of... It's more like uh, there's a lot more guitars in it than there was in some of the previous ones. It's kind of... Uh, not like conventional rock guitars, but like just... I don't know. It just seems like there's more guitars.
2: It's, there's, a, there's a large varied amount of things going on. It's its a kind of a reassuring album if you're a Radiohead fan because uh, they had just done Kid A and Amnesiac. And with Amnesiac, I, I think... Are they just going to keep going in this direction? Or are they going to go too far down this rabbit hole? And then they come up with Hail to the Thief, which kind of brings back the rest of the band in a more prominent role. Yeah,
3: I, mean, I kind of felt bad about the other guys sometimes, but they, they're very prominent on this one. Songs like 2 Plus 2 Plus 5, and I really love Go to Sleep, and of course they're there. Wow. Sit awesome. Down, Stand Up, the one we talked about. I love when they play that uh, Johnny Greenwood and what's his name? O'Brien. Ed O'Brien? Ed O'Brien. They time. both play like drums. It's like hell yeah. cool. <clears throat> God, that song sends chills down my spine. This is kind of one of the more interesting tracks on this on this album, "Exmatosis," because it's you know weird experimentation, but it it somehow it somehow fits in with the rest of it because it has that kind of darkness. I think the rest of the album has. I wouldn't say there's anything out of this album that's particularly upbeat.
2: No, I mean, Hail <laughs> to the Thief," which remember this is. The bad years of the Bush presidency. There were yeah. good years. <laughs> oh, 2000. 2000. was a party all the way. <laughs>
5: I don't think so. I think we were pretty disappointed that we got this dumb idiot as a president.
2: That came later. <laughs> uh, At the time, we were like, all right, so it's going to be lots of jokes for the next four years. No, At there, least that's were, how I understood things. Yeah. No, I'm a there, child there brain. Wasn't,
5: there wasn't that much joking to come.
2: Just, we didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know presidential elections mattered back then. We were wrong. We were so wrong.
4: <laughs> I think when Clinton got impeached, I was at Remy's house. and, and Were like, you guys watching it on TV? <laughs> I feel like, I remember, like, seeing the paper and be like, like, can we, like, talk about this at Remy's house?
3: Like, what's going on? You can't talk about shit like that. Sex. Sex. <laughs> But back to uh, Radiohead. This will probably always be my favorite, just because it was my first Radiohead album. Uh, I, you know, and I, I
4: remember like you being all about it. I remember opening up the liner notes and be like, "Who's Thom? <laughs> <Thomb. laughs>
3: what kind of name is that?" I feel like those liner notes looked like by a crazy person or something. Every song had two names. Their lyrics are always really kind of creepy and weird. But there's something about it that really grabbed me. I think it does kind of reach on a deeper emotional level, or, nah, not to get too
2: yeah, soft on. You yeah, like I don't know. I I really love Radiohead, and it's, it's interesting to me that this is your favorite one. This is probably uh, maybe in my top five Radiohead albums.
5: Yeah, it's on the lower end of the spectrum for me. I mean, their two big albums of this decade was was definitely Kid A and In Rainbows for me. This seems like more of a kind of transition from Kid A to in Rainbows, where they kind of went back to just a straight-up rock band setup, but they're playing these weird atmospheric songs. And then, of course, Kid A was the electronic one, and this has kind of a mix of both, which is cool, yeah. but I don't know.
2: I think it's really good. Yeah, it
5: is very good, because it's Radiohead, and they they knew what they were doing back then. They still pretty, pretty much, much do. It's just The King of Limbs wasn't as good. It's just so
2: weird. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. Sounds like he's got a good shot. I'd like to think so. Yeah. I don't sure. know. I mean, it's our list. No one's going to stop us. I'll stop you. Nancy might stop us.
5: Keep an eye on that guy.
2: Will he stop me with his suicide medicine? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if he
5: makes you inject it into yourself. Mm-hmm.
2: It's an album by Rocky Botolato. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Rocky Bottolotto is.
2: Um, hey, those are O's. Pronounce it right.
4: I'm just doing what they tell me. Um, he is the brother of. I believe his name is Cody Bottolotto. Who is. And uh, all those goddamn hips are jackasses are going to probably kill me if they're probably not listening. But if that's not his I uh, know
2: we've got the Nick Duncan appeal this
4: week. I don't think Nick Duncan liked Blood Brothers that much if he did. So I apologize. You made it this far, <laughs> um, so there's a band called Blood Brothers. They were um, like a local band. They totally sucked, in my opinion, but they were like super popular, and uh, and I just I couldn't get into them. It was the uh, they had two lead singers. They both screamed very annoyingly. What kind of
3: music did they do?
5: They called it hardcore, oh. but hardcore what? I feel like it was more Screamo. Yeah. Hardcore's a different thing. Yeah,
4: but that's what they called it, because Screamo was, like,
5: a super lame that term. negativity, negativity I mean,
4: it was, like, I mean, okay, let's stop talking about labels, but, okay. um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but, like, but then I heard about this guy, and I was all about Bright Eyes at the time, and I was all about just guitar, um, like, folk kind of music, guy and his guitar, and... And so I checked it out, and I really liked it. It was—it's probably not my favorite. The more I listen to it now, it's kind of more nostalgic, like everything I put on this list. But um, it was just in that in that same vein as Bright Eyes, not quite as whiny. But um, this is probably my favorite song off of it.
3: Like what I'm hearing? Yeah,
4: it's just kind of singer-songwriter kind of, folky kind of stuff.
3: I didn't get to this one. I'm so sorry cuz I feel like every of most of the albums you put on here I just did not get to. Nothing personal I wanted yeah, to hear, but just this it so feels awesome.
5: like definitely a much more obscure album than the rest that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I
3: mean he was I mean he's a local
4: guy. I mean he's yeah. he went to Inglemore High School. I don't know. Like I bought this album in a
3: store, I'm pretty sure.
5: <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty either. sure I didn't get I didn't it. In buy a show it from a guy behind an alley who yeah.
3: also sells computer games. <laughs> yeah.
4: I mean, this is just me being a cool hipster back in the day. I
0: guess. But, uh,
4: but this is definitely one of the one of the albums I burnt out. If that was possible with a CD.
2: Like you burnt copies and gave it to people?
4: So much that it didn't work anymore.
2: Wow. You're like a criminal. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. How do you know? <laughs> that's, a, that's a really bad analogy. Are you
3: doing like one of those like piracy commercials? Yeah, it's like you wouldn't steal a car, with, would you? But
5: the
2: problem with still told those, with, at Merrymore Park with Merrymore Park be with, there, with piracy, we'll be you're square. not actually stealing anything. You're copying it. It's like you wouldn't copy this person's car and <laughs> then have one for your own and also leave one for him yeah I would because that's the best thing ever <laughs> yeah that's why we don't see those commercials anymore uh I don't think this is gonna uh, Rocky's gonna make the list none of us have listened to it I don't even know how to say his name mm-hmm. that's oh, okay.
3: oh that's a total knock against him <laughs> yeah what the fuck what the fuck's wrong with your fucking name hey, man
2: that was holding Zach Galifianakis back for so long <laughs> So now for a complete 180, it's Rooney. All right, confession time. Uh, one time I was signed up for like a Sony BMG like music delivery thing. You know, one of those deals where you like give them like five bucks and they give you like five cds yeah and i was getting like all the david bowie albums they had because i was a huge david bowie fan at the time and i I, was like, I had like one more spot and you guys were like you've got to get rooney <laughs> it is the best out and i never heard it before so now my cd is like a bunch of david bowie cds and rooney and then like some nirvana and, like, 70s disco music. <laughs> I have the worst CD collection imaginable. So and now you I'm got
4: s- to keep the CDs for five bucks? And you yeah.
2: Well, it was one of those things where, like, now you're on our list and you're going to... If you don't get out of this, we're going to start billing you and you're going to be getting Michael McDonald's CDs. Which I did. <laughs> remember that do you still have that one in your collection I probably could find that Michael McDonald CD if and it, it was me. it was like a CD of
5: Michael McDonald just doing old Motown yeah. song, which is like the most pathetic excuse for an album possible
2: oh god did you listen to it no I looked at the cover I remember
5: seeing that on your room yeah I was like why should I have this is this an accident I guess it kind of was
2: that is hilarious. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. And honestly I never got why you guys were so about Rooney. They were like, this is what you must buy. Well this was John and Nancy. I never really got into Rooney.
3: It's always John and Nancy. Yeah, it is.
5: You guys This song coalition. was pretty
3: popular for a while. I remember Nick Nick our friend Nick Bank play it on guitar and I was like, that's so cool. That is a really cool guitar part that opens opens it. And then the lead part. And that's got like almost like a Beach Boys sort of feel to it. It's like you didn't see that with a whole lot of. There's other so bands many harmonies them. on the bit in the yeah, whole album. It's real pretty. was uh, funny about Rooney's. They always kind of bordered on being like hip to be like too like mainstream. They're on the OC. Oh yeah. Yeah, I find that funny because the lead singer of Rooney is Jason Schwartzman's little brother, and Jason Schwartzman was in that what that band Phantom Planet or. That's the band Phantom okay. Planet. Yeah, and they do the theme to those. See, so it's all connected, man. Yeah. Because Jason Schwartzman was the drummer of that group. So that's interesting, that he's from a famous family.
2: Um, You know what else I remember about this album? Is when we were camping in Mr... Not camping, but staying in Mr. Allen's cabin, your mom got you, like, a bunch of teen magazines. (laughs) Like, teen girl magazines. And there was an interview with, like, Hilary Duff, and she's like, I'm all about Rooney. And it really upset you. (laughs) The reason that upset me so much is... Rooney had
3: this song on the album called Pop Stars, and on that on that song, they're basically saying, oh, pop stars, unsophisticated money machines, the killers of rock and roll. And uh, But then they became so associated with the pop music scene, they went on to open for Fergie, yeah. and then the final nail in the coffin, they opened for Justin Bieber on a tour. Didn't they open for the Jonas Brothers? The, yeah. oh, the Jonas. <laughs> it's like, maybe that was it instead of
4: Justin Bieber. Well, I remember like when you told me that they opened for Fergie... I was like, okay.
3: It's like they totally sold out. Either. It's like, it's like then that the, the song meant nothing. It's like, so, you know, we're not selling out. Well, you know, unless we get like a really big paycheck, then we are. We'll but be I don't stars. Even, It's
4: not even like, I don't even care about selling out. It's just like Fergie. Like, that's not even, like, you're a rock pop band. There's nothing wrong with being like
3: pop rock. Mm-hmm. It's just like Fergie, that Jonas, like, why? Like, it's they went down this path and, uh, and then something that I, re- I didn't realize till years later is how much they kind of sounded and like not all the songs on the album, but a couple of songs. They're kind of ripping off Weezer a little bit. They sound a lot like Weezer. Like um, Paul, me, my brother, even did this game because Paul like listened to other Rooney albums, and Paul is a fan of recent Weezer, and I'm really not. So what he did is he put on the latest two Weezer albums and then the latest two Rooney albums and, like, have me guess who it is. <laughs> and I couldn't. It was so hard. They sound ex- like the exact same band. So I don't know what that says about Rooney, but it kind of made me like them a little less. But still, there's some songs on here I really liked. Yeah. The singles are really good. Shaken was great. Pop yeah. Stars, even though they've gone back on their message, I think yeah. is a genuinely great pop rock song. I mean, the first – pretty much first
4: half of this album just – I love it. It goes by super quick. It's super. Poppy, and they just felt like catchy. hits too. They all were yeah. so catchy.
3: There's nothing out there that's like, oh, this, I could skip this track. It's like, no, mm-hmm. this is pretty cool. It's, uh, yeah, it just it's kind of like I have, like, I don't know, mixed feelings about the group, where they went and like what was really driving them. But I guess you just got to look at how I, you know, like the album and yeah. do you like the songs? And I like the songs and I liked how they sounded. I agree. So.
2: And Sean had it. I had it. I listened to it. <laughs> the song we played, I liked. Blue side, like, everybody Blue side. like. I think most people at least like this. Sweet side. music video. Yeah, they're
3: just on the beach. It's really cool. It's real I just like. I was like, like,
4: how do they hear themselves? I was just impressed, like that they were like playing it without like
5: any. I'm sure, they had a huge <laughs> monitor blasting the song. Yeah. At them. these guys but, have OC connections.
4: Yeah. But I can just imagine it was just like the drummer. You were just hearing the drums. I just thought it was cool. OC. I've seen all of the OC.
2: I don't really remember much. Do you what? remember Rooney? What's the OC about?
4: Like rich, white kids in the OC. But then there's like this one kid who's like total badass. He's from Chino. Is that a place? That's a city in yeah, California. Yeah. yeah, Chino. I always want to say Chico, but it's Chino. And he's They're like, both
5: cities in California. Yeah, yeah but one... I think, Chino. Uh, ch- One's bad. I always forget which one's in Northern
3: California and which one's in Southern. I think
4: Chico's in Northern. Chino. And it's like a bad part of town. Well, they got
3: the prison, right?
5: Yeah. Yeah, Chino's the one with the prison. Yeah,
4: so that's the bad part it's of town. It's tough. <laughs> and so like, you know, he, he he gets adopted by like this rich family and people are like, oh my god, he's like a badass. And he's always like beating the shit out of people. So,
2: so he's like... Troubled. He's not like a great guy. He just He's trouble. a
4: he's a great guy that, with a troubled past, you know, and he's trying to turn his life around. But then people are always like picking on him, you know. So he's
3: got. So it's kind of like
2: serious Fresh Prince of Bel Air.
3: <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Did you watch it because you genuinely thought it was a good show, or there's like it's just kind of funny that you're watching? well this, I, like, I watched it in
4: it. in uh, it was my freshman year of college, and um, my roommates <laughs> like bit my one of my roommates Ben. It was like all, like genuinely like all about it, and uh, but I mean it, it's good it's pretty good dramatic television. I mean I got definitely interested in it. It was kind of embarrassing like we're watching like this g- girly <laughs> soap opera. <laughs> you know but if that it, show
3: existed today, it'd be on like the CW USA right after Vampire Diaries. Or oh something. yeah,
4: but I mean I felt like it was a little, I mean it wasn't bad. It was, I was definitely after a season or two I was I was in it.
3: It was a big hit for Fox. Mm-hmm. It was a big show. It's weird. That's gonna be one of the things that people aren't gonna remember. But like our generation, be like, "Oh, the OC yeah, it was a big yeah. show." But I mean, people have like OC parties. I feel like it's already kind of forgotten.
2: Yeah, yeah it's hell forgotten. it was like our nine hundred two one zero.
5: basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: that's kind of that's kind of interesting to, to
2: think as about opposed to the that. current generation of young people who have the remake of nine hundred two one zero.
4: Is that like popular though? I don't no. know. I remember, like I remember. <laughs> that's funny because. Uh, my roommates, John and Ben, when that was on, they watched it. <laughs> was it the same people as the OC?
5: Probably. They are like the same I think it
4: was, yeah. producer. Yeah, of yeah. 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 And so, the they, of I mean, I remember we had a few 90210 parties while I left the room and did something else. <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right. Now I like that. OC, let's has...
2: leave the OC and do something else. Like talk about shoots too narrow by the shins.
3: not love that song there's so much that goes on in that one song and it's like under three minutes i remember this is one where the music video was the first thing it had penguins in it oh, yeah. and i remember years later i was like what's i was talking to sean i was like what's that one with the the, 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 the shin song with the penguins and he's like you mean like all of them <laughs> i don't know if that's accurate it was a funny answer though so i was like i gotta check this out and i guess nancy had already acquired it or something
4: Yeah, I think I bought it like right after I heard the music. Yeah, and you
3: you let me borrow your copy. Actually, I don't think I heard it till two thousand. Would you borrow my car? (laughs) Sure. Uh, I don't think it was till two thousand four because I uh, I also borrowed Modest Mouse their big album from that from two thousand four, and I listened to that. You know, I went home and listened to that night. That was a good night. (laughs) And then I didn't listen to the Shins again for eight years. (laughs) I don't know why, because I, I like this. I think it just got bogged down by all the other music I like. And then when I revisited The Shins this year, because they had a new album come out, I checked out their, like, I, their whole discography, and this one this album is my favorite. I think it's just the most accessible. I, I, in a way, I feel like it's the one where they most feel like a band, even mm-hmm. though it always sounded like it was kind of just James Mercer's thing, and they're just kind of his backing band, basically, but... I don't know. Just, it just has that kind of feeling that this is like a modern pop In my band. first
4: band, the Grease Buckets, uh, we were we were struggling with singing well <laughs> and in like eighth grade. And I remember one of the girls in our band, Kristen, was like, why why can't we just sing like James Mercer? Like, how does he do that? Like, how
3: does he just sing so well? Like, I, I love his voice. He sounds like the Lost Beach Boy or something. Yeah. <laughs> Or, like, he's all the Beach Boys in one person. He just has such a natural, great voice that yeah. it's either you have that good voice like that or you don't. Yeah. And he's so perfect for this kind of music. Are we getting to the... You just, you just
0: like, love that? I mean,
4: he can sing. It's like he's in falsetto, but it's so loud. You know? And he can
5: really belt it out and... It's but is he awesome. at falsetto? I feel like that's he's just thing. singing exactly. really high, and that yeah. just has voices, which is one of those things where it's like you just gotta be and it, born with it.
4: And, and that's the thing, though. I think he does do falsetto, but it's a thing like Chris Martin, where you can you can transfer you what it, transfer, I guess, between falsetto and not, and it's really clean. Mm-hmm. You know, People what I mean? don't really notice. Yeah. It. And, and that just makes the it gives you an illusion that your range
3: is, like, incredible, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, this is real good. It makes me sad that James Mercer went on to, like, kick everyone out of the band, basically. <laughs> well, I think one guy was, like, total fuck-up, and he just kind of, like, left. And I don't remember that the other guy. But then the drummer just got straight kicked out. It's like, you're not really, like, good enough for what I want on this next album, so see ya. I... Yeah, I f- now that guy it's has like, like a taco truck in Portland. It's
2: like I talked about on the other podcast. I feel like if the shins were just called James Mercer, no one would have any problems with it. It's it's just weird because it's like it probably should just be considered a, his his thing. It's just he, he does it like it's a band. And that creates ill will towards him because he fires everybody because they're not good enough for his... Brilliant vision, I
5: guess. I don't know. I listened to the episode of uh, WTF, Mark Maron's podcast, and he did an interview with James Berger. He seemed r- like everybody just kind of comes and goes as they want. It doesn't seem like he's firing everybody left and right <laughs> with this the... huge ego. Get out of my face. I never want to see you again. I feel but that's like everybody's the... just like, you want to the... play on this? And sometimes they're like, no. And sometimes it's all right, I guess.
2: But that's the perception it creates when it's like... Every when time a album comes going. out, it's like a whole different group of people. Yeah, I
5: don't think it's,
3: it's like that. Though. Well, you did, he did kick isn't. the drummer out, though. It wasn't like you're kicked out. It's just like you kind of stopped talking to him, and then eventually he's like, oh, I'm not like in the band, am I? He just kind of <laughs> slowly brought other people in. But yeah, there's a, been a lot of people that have been in and out. I remember when like, the lead singer of the Fruit Bats was like in their touring group. I almost put that album on here, but that's a good one, too. Mouthfuls by Fruit Bats. Check it out if you want.
2: Are we just doing random shout-outs now? M83 had a good album that came out. You should listen to that. Sufjan Stevens, Michigan. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, I would. I was probably going to put down the list, but I haven't listened to it in a while, and it wasn't on RDO, which no. is my streaming service of choice. So I just gave up. Uh, a band that was called Manitoba back then, but it's now called Caribou. Like Caribou, put out an album that's really good. I can't remember what any of them are called. <laughs> The it's a great
3: Shout out. <laughs> but yeah, I think the Shins have a good shot then. That's a, it's a nice album, succinct. Poppy. Oh, yeah. Pleasant.
5: Uh, should I move on with another one? Yes. Poppy and Pleasant. Straight to the point. Room on Fire by The Strokes.
4: Do you ever get tired of eighth notes?
5: No, <laughs> no I think they're pretty about them.
3: <laughs> uh, I got this is when I got into the Strokes was the second album. Reptilia was the song. I was just so into this song for uh, a, like, a long period of time. It seems like, and I remember trying to go online to play the tabs. I hadn't been playing guitar that long. I just sucked and couldn't do it because Reptilia has that great kind of guitar little break in between each of the choruses. And then I remember, oh, I really want to, like, watch the video again because the video is pretty cool, but MTV2 doesn't just show it all day. So I got onto the computer, I, you know, I, the dial-up internet, if you guys remember that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sean the has family, no recollection of that. The family computer, we only had one. You had to go in the computer room. The computer room. And I would go on, but YouTube didn't exist back then. So all I could find was this thumbnail video, shitty quality. Maybe the frame rate was probably off or something. And it's, oh, it's Reptilia. I'm watching it on the internet. I can't believe this is possible. This is amazing. It was like the first time I'd ever seen a music video on the internet. And I love this song so much. I almost bought tickets to a show off the strength of that one song. <laughs> I was like, eh, I probably shouldn't. So I just got tickets to that jet show instead that me and Nancy went <laughs> to. And then I went out to go, I was going to go buy this album. And they were sold out, so I bought the first one. It turned out to be a pretty good decision, actually. Buying the first one first—that was yeah. pretty great.
5: The first one basically defined what a modern rock and roll band should sound like for me. I really love that one. And this one is kind of more of the same, but it's 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 a little more, I guess, I don't know, <laughs> a little more developed. They seem a little more confident. The productions, maybe not as sparse is on the first album which is kind of cool and it rocks a little bit more
2: too
3: maybe Uh, a little more variation in style too first
2: half of of this album just rocks Mm -hmm. socks off
3: i love i've always loved the the guitar interplay between albert hammond jr and uh, nick Valencia. here like on on this song like the guitar sounds like a weird keyboard or something like he always had the coolest sounds that he'd make it do they're they're really really great what I like about the Strokes is each member. It's like if you take out that one guy, it's like the song doesn't work. Every guy's part is so important, you know. Yes, yeah. I don't know. If, like uh, if, I don't notes. know if people are like agreeing with me or mocking me. It's hard to tell. No, no, we're nice. not mocking. No, we're not mocking. Okay, we've never mocked. It's funny. I remember like buying the Strokes albums and then like passing them out to you guys. Like, oh, yeah, here's the I, one. I have, How did I miss
5: out On I this? got a burned copy of "Is This It" and "Room on Fire."
3: I remember, no, Sean, on that trip to Mr. Allen's Cabin, I totally hooked you up. Well, I gave you the Strokes album. Like, We each gave each other an album to listen to on the ride. You gave oh, yeah. me a Pillows album. That was pretty good. He's, like, hella rocked.
2: God, I love those guys. Yeah,
3: and I gave you uh, the first Strokes. And we're like, yeah, these are pretty good. Pretty yeah. Good. Room out Fire, though, I guess, because since Reptilia was a song I love, you know, first with the Strokes, I like those albums pretty even, which is weird, because I feel like most people like the first one more, and I do, like... I do like that a lot, but I like both of them a lot. So it's always been kind of a battle to decide which one I liked more. But I think that's good. It's good when you like two albums a lot. You know, it's kind of like Weezer with Weezer, the Blue Album, Pinkerton. It's like, I'm glad that I don't know which one I like better. It's it's cool when a a band can release two really great albums. Because the Strokes, I don't know if they've really, they haven't really, you know, been as good as those on those first two ones since then.
5: Yeah, I wonder, you talked about how each member is such an important part to the band. It's interesting that the first two albums, like all the songs were just written by Julian Casablancas, Mm -hmm. And it seemed like with the later two, everyone else started participating, but the albums weren't as good. So I don't know if maybe that was a better dynamic for the band, just letting him do all the songwriting.
3: That and yeah, and I think I don't even with Julian Casablancas songwriting. I don't know if he knows where to take the band. I feel like their last album, the songs are getting really complicated. It was like they have like six different parts in the song. They're still I still like them a lot. It's just they they're a lo- they, I don't know, It just
5: I don't think any of them are sure where to take the band, yeah, because I don't know wise. what I want a
3: new strokes album really to yeah, sound it's... like i say I'd say I want it to sound like an old one, but like I don't really know what that means, I'm not
5: sure I even want a new strokes yeah, album yeah, I mean anymore. that's just hard when a band releases an out al- a first album where it's just their sound is so distinct and so of its time, and so just kind of perfect that it's like, where do you go from here, mm hmm
3: but yeah, I love Room on Fire. I was I just listened to it like yesterday for the first time in such a long time. And I was just going on a walk listening to it, and just suddenly it's like remember that scene in The Grinch where his heart's like all shriveled, and then it gets all big and it breaks that I don't know X ray X ray machine thing around it. Like I was starting to to feel that, and it's like wow, this really this really brings me back to that that period. That I like to, you know, think about fondly—the garage rock revival. If you want to mm-hmm. pretend like that was a real thing, where like there's all those the bands that really rocked.
5: I mean, it kind of was a thing.
3: You know, he had the White Stripes and the Strokes and stuff. Because and a
5: lot of those bands were getting signed to major labels, which wouldn't have really happened.
3: It's, it's just like rock is back. Yeah. Which seemed cool. And it's kind of gone kind of evolved, like I said earlier. I think into alternative, which I like too. But I'll always cherish that because it's my—it's more my youth and—and
5: and there's more of an electronic influence. A young man,
3: and, and we—you know—you tend to remember the things you like and romanticize the past. I mean, in actuality, it's probably—I'd say music is probably just as good at now as it was back then. It's just oh, I think fondly of my younger youth. <laughs> so it's one of those kind of things. Yeah. But there's yeah, Room on Fire, beautiful. And you—the song you played is my favorite Stroke song of all time. Oh, the really? end has no end. I think that'd be sweet if I play that at my funeral. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to take a dubstep. <laughs> All right. We're not getting to that yet. yet.
5: Uh, let's move on with an album by Ted Leo and the Pharmacists, Hearts of Oak. One
1: second.
5: One second? All right. Hearts of Oak. Thank you. Anyways, as I said earlier, I did spend a lot of the 2000s listening to older music from the 70s, 80s, 90s, mostly. And so when the decade ended, around 2002, 2000... Not 2002, 2010 and 2011, I, I spent a lot of time like catching up with a lot of bands that I felt like I'd missed out on. And Ted Leo was definitely one of them. Uh, this kind of does remind me of a lot of the bands that were part of the garage rock revival thing, because they just had this kind of straight-ahead rock approach. I mean, there's kind of a punk, a little bit of a ska influence, but bands, are just, the sounds are just really upbeat and full of energy. I really love Ted Leo's vocal style because it seems like he's just always going up to these really high registers. You just imagine that he's like red in the face singing all these songs.
2: So embarrassed?
5: No, because he's, he's just going so high. he got no more air to breathe. Oh. Now you know what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, now you get it. I thought you meant he went so high and then he was embarrassed because people were hearing <laughs> these high notes out of a man. <laughs> yeah.
5: Maybe that too.
3: It's funny because when I put on this album I heard like all of it today. Yeah. I was expecting the vocals to be like really angsty because of the music because kind of rock but they're more like m- melodic yeah. which I really like that kind of I mean that, that's how I felt about it at least. I really like that, that interplay between more melodic vocals like, it's pretty rocking. Can you tell me why on the al- album cover they look like a soccer team? I don't know. <laughs> they look like, it's like, is this an album by like the Seattle Sounders? Yeah. <laughs> They're all wearing like these green jeans. That album
5: cover was very misleading to me because I thought these guys were British when I first heard but it them. That totally looks like a British album Because they kind of sound British too. It's like, what's up with these guys?
3: They're from like They're Washington, American. D.C. Yeah. Or something. That's like the most American place you can come from. Yeah.
5: Theoretically.
3: Had Ted Leo been around for a while before this album came out, or were they like newer on this? They had, had a
5: couple albums. There one before this, um, The Tyranny of Distance, I might like better than this one. I don't know. It's pretty close. They're both really good.
2: Is Ted Leo a real person, or just a made-up name for a band? No,
5: he's the main guy. He seems to have kind of a James Mercer thing going on, where he kind of just switches band members all the time. Yeah. But I feel like that's more okay when you're Ted Leo and the pharmacist. See? You're not just the pharmacist. See, See yeah. what I was saying earlier. Yeah, it makes sense to me now. It, it did then too, but now even more so.
2: All right.
3: <laughs> My only regret is I haven't spent much time with this album, but I, I, I liked what I heard. It was pretty good.
5: All right. We, we talked about it. We do have a lot. We have more, so let's just move on because I don't think this one needs to make the list. i that passionate about it, but
2: it's good. Here's one that I think should make the list because I'm pretty passionate about it: is the White Stripes, "An Elephant."
3: Nancy, yeah, so you were pretty early, uh, pretty big on the White Stripes early on, right?
4: Early on, yeah. but my passion faded.
3: Because mm-hmm. I was really into like their music videos, which was awesome. But I didn't actually listen to their albums till way later. So this isn't really—I have, I have nostalgia for the singles, but not the albums themselves. Like I remember when "Hardest Button", Button uh, was new, and I was like, "This is so cool, this song." And I remember I was in guitar class, like jamming to this with Ryan Moore. Nice, yeah. Was, yeah, you guys remember Ryan Moore, just kind of slacker-looking guy trying to be Kurt Cobain or <laughs> something. Pretty much, exactly. He just like this one year where just like he came to school and he just looked exactly like Kurt Cobain. He's like, whoa, he's, this guy is like the new Kurt Cobain. <laughs> We're just jamming and talking about the White Stripes. Like, was pretty, pretty sweet. Video. Pretty I sweet remember stuff. Kurt.
4: Um, what's his last name? Doesn't Kirkpa- no Kurt doesn't matter. I know. I just it's bugging me. <laughs> yeah, Curtis Hamilton. Um, I remember he in junior high. He came up to me. He's like, this is like
2: revolver. Like listen to this. Like <laughs> this is cool. It's like <laughs> wall I was like,
4: uh, not really, but not really.
2: <laughs> I don't know I don't know what like my junior high and high school guitar classes would have been if it wasn't for Seven Nation Army. Literally everyone was playing that. You know that yes, scene in Winch yes. World where, where there's like no stairway? I wish all the guitar classes had no Seven Nation Army signs up. It was, just, it was such an easy riff to play. Uh, it kind it of totally is.
3: just brought me back by saying, that. "I remember because yeah. we were taking that guitar class around the same time." I totally remember people doing the exact same thing. It's like it's like it's the stairway to heaven or the smoke on the water or something mm-hmm. of our time. Everyone had to play that song.
4: I mean, you could just figure it out on one string, which made it extremely accessible.
3: I mean, that's pretty amazing. One string <laughs> play that song, and I think that's one of the things that's so great about the white stripes. Just. There's a kind of simplicity to it, but he's also. Jack White's a pretty good guitar player, too. He's, yeah. I love he always had that pedal that make it go, like a guitar go up way higher, like sound way higher. Than so he's always had these solos that were to like maybe squealing noises. When you got to that part in Civitation Army, no one could play that part because <laughs> no one had the sweet pedal to make it sound really high.
5: That's what I love about him, though, is that even though he's a good guitarist, he doesn't like show off with really, I don't flashy guitar solos. He's just always trying to make these really bizarre sounds that you've never really heard before, and it's not like he's using like futuristic sounding pedals. He's using old-fashioned like blues kind of stuff, but it sounds just kind of unlike anything that was going on at the time. It, it's
3: real expressive. It's like an extension of his angst, his <laughs> how the way he plays his guitar, and it, it, he has to hold down everything because, I mean, Meg White, you know, bless her heart, isn't really a great drummer. I mean, she's a, she gets by. I think that's the
4: reason, I mean, as a drummer, I just... I, you distracted. <laughs> it just kind of turned me off.
3: It's just funny cuz Jack I mean, White is a way better drummer yeah, himself. Even. But it's not
4: like she's her her playing doesn't take away from it. It's just like she does the same thing every song, you know? Yeah. She doesn't
3: It has a kind of charm to it. I, I mean, mean, she's yeah. she's just not
4: trying to do too much. She's just trying to fit in with the music, which is great because I mean it, it's fine for what the White Stripes is, you know what I mean?
5: Yeah, it's weird cuz like <laughs>
4: She stays within herself. I mean, it's not like she's... She's not bad. She's not... I mean, she's not a great drummer, but she's... You know what I mean? And I the feel White's, like
5: it makes the band work in a more interesting yeah. way than if he had a really virtuoso drummer because mm-hmm. it's, the music has this sort of like primal, just raw kind of thing to it that I think is kind of a reaction to the drums. I mean, you look at Jack White's most recent solo album where he's got a bunch of professional musicians... And it's just not as exciting to hear him you know so polished,
3: yeah, you know, it's funny on that last album, Bluunderbust. the song I like the most is the one that like sounded most like the White Stripes, which is yeah. like sixteen saltines. It's like man, I really miss that now it's It's so sad that they broke up
2: and there was a, a playfulness between Meg and Jack yeah Arnold. people were like, "Are they
3: brother and sister or like you know, but no, they were they were once married, and then he took her
2: name took her name.
3: That there's, there's the truth, people. You've heard it now.
2: <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. White's a cool last name. Look at Walter White.
3: And he's just one of the great, like, just iconic rock musicians kind of of our time. I I, was, I felt very fortunate to go see him play at the and Tours. Every song, he, he always has to switch over instruments, do sweet solos, lots of improvisation. You just feel like every show is something different and exciting like i know with the white stripes they didn't write set lists. they just went out and he's like okay now we're playing this song and they just do it so they'd be different every night there's just that kind of spontaneity to their to their music like jack white just wrote the song a few seconds ago and now they're recording it and that's so cool that makes it so much more exciting yeah and primal in times it's cool it seems like a pretty primal guy
4: <laughs> some dark underneath there
2: maybe and i think elephant is maybe the best white stripes um I mean, yeah. you didn't say it, but it probably is. I right? mean, I feel
5: like White Blood Cells is held in pretty high regard. But, yeah, I've always been a way bigger fan of the Elephant.
2: So let's keep it.
3: Is this the okay. one with <laughs> I Just Don't Know What To Do With Myself? Yeah. Yeah, what an eclectic, like, weird cover to do. Like, <laughs> of an old Burt Bacharach song. But, like, it's, it's like, really primal and rocky. <laughs> <laughs> that, I love, yeah, they're eclectic. They, he, he's interested in old, weird songs and how he incorporates that into their music. He's just, he's a visionary of... Doesn't come by too often.
2: How about one more that's uh, kind of primal and rocky? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Fever to Tell.
3: I remember this band was new. I was like, these people are so cool. You know, they're guitarists, so we're all black. He always, like, pretended like he didn't want to be there. And they had, like, a nerdy-looking hipster guy on drums. Karen O's pretty cool, though. She kind of looks like this weird, like, prom disaster. But... <laughs> this this album... Oh, i is... guess Yeah, like... So uh, let's I not go there. <laughs> yeah. And, but then when they all... And they didn't even have, like, a bass player. I mean, they... it sounds like they did on some of the tracks on the album. I don't know. But uh, this album is... It's I don't know it's so weird but it's so raw and punky and it's so cool. It's hard to put into words, kind of like a weird mishmash of genre. I don't even really know what you call it. I think Maps is a song that hooked most people in. Right. I remember them playing at the MTV Music Awards back when I guess that meant something to me. <laughs> and they're playing and there's all these roses falling from the, the ceiling. It's like this is pretty cool. That's such a check this band out of out.
5: left field song when you listen to the whole rest of the album because it's all really these. <laughs> Very raw, Game sort of night. Very simple, angsty punk songs. Then you get to this just really beautiful, heartfelt anthem. Really, that maps is.
4: And I feel like that's why I didn't get into the album because it wasn't like that song. And I just didn't really like the rest of it.
5: Yeah, to be honest, I kind of like the white or the the yeah yeah yeahs when they got a little more melodic and toned down. Because of this album, I kind of just found myself listening to those three tracks at the end of it. Maps, Y-Control, and Modern Romance. The rest is... It's good, but... I needed something I'm a the exact more.
3: opposite. I love the Yeah Yeah's when they were just raw and yeah. just like vicious. Because there's not a lot of bands like that with like a female singer that are so experimental. They have like a lot of songs that like, I bet they came up within just like five seconds. Like, oh, let's start, let's start playing, let's start recording it. Because you have these songs like two minutes long, like, you know, barely two minutes. And it just feels so fresh. Like they were just inspired all the time to just record anything, you know, that, that came to them. And I, th- I think it was really, really intense.
5: Where do you stand on the issue, Sean?
2: I feel like Show Your Bones was the one that got me into Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. But, like, before I just looked it up, I couldn't even remember what that album was called. <laughs> so I guess I'm pretty seriously about Fear to Tell. Okay. Well, you, you, you tried to introduce it to your family, right? Yeah, that's right. When I was just getting into Yeah, Yeah, yeah Yeahs, uh, I was on a, a family road trip, and they are like, Sean, you want to play some music? And they just... I didn't really know what I was choosing, and I chose fewer to Tell." They weren't ready. They they took away my music privileges after about twenty <laughs> well, seconds. What's
3: this, this first song is "It's Rich," right? Yeah, um, rich, rich. It's like she's, she's strangely moaning. sexual, orgasmic kind of. She has a lot of moaning. Yeah, it's like oh, oh, oh my god. Oh, oh. <laughs> there's a lot of moments on around this album. She's like, oh, oh, ow. Oh. But I just think she's so cool. She really stands you out, think I she's think. so cool? <laughs> so cool. Well, I like back then, I was like, they think they're so cool, but now I'm like, yeah, because they are. They
2: now, won me over. Now, I think It's Blitz is probably my favorite overall, though, if we're going further, really like deeper into one. the future.
3: See, I miss the old, like, rock and heavy. <laughs> I miss
2: rock, Sean. Rock's gone. <laughs> it's turned into this electronic. <laughs> Don't worry, John. The darkness is back, and they're going to save you with their rock. Except you said you didn't really like it. Oh, yeah. Mission failed.
3: Mission failed.
2: <laughs> well, uh, at least uh, Chad Kruger is dating Avril Lavigne now, so that'll probably result in something you like, right, John?
5: Like the, a black hole of
2: <laughs> yeah, go on.
5: terribleness opening up in the world?
2: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I don't like that that much. Don't the anyone you don't like black holes of terribleness? <laughs> What's your problem? Anyways, we got a late addition to this (laughs)
5: list. Um, Something to say by the Defenestrators.
2: Oh, the hubris.
5: Hey, I didn't do it.
3: The so Defenestrators are this uh, eclectic kind of alternative uh, group from, actually from Kirkland, Washington. And this was their uh, their, uh, their second album, where I think they really started to come into their own as songwriters.
5: Yeah, they actually knew how to play instruments at this point. Um, Vaguely. They weren't just playing random notes and smashing on keyboard drums in the background.
2: <laughs> I kind of miss that raw energy, though. <laughs> you think so? I think they're a lot more restrained on something to say. Sean, you're just trying to be cool and like their old stuff.
3: This, this, I'd say this is their old stuff. <laughs> it's pretty old. Not the oldest. But yeah, this song is uh, Moon Man, which is, which is some pretty deep themes about, I think, isolation and kind of that, that the dark side of the American dream. I mean, that was a recurring theme with those guys always. They just...
5: They couldn't beat away the darkness. It just engulfed them with every... Exploration, of And
3: even songs. though the song only has three chords, so- <laughs> that's <laughs> all it needs. There's something about it. There's just this raw energy to it. Listen to this <laughs> okay. solo. Listen to this.
5: <laughs> I mean, Matt Carstens is just bringing it at the highest level of rock.
1: <laughs>
3: and they all, they all wrote songs, too. It wasn't just like one guy. It was a very collaborative effort. And I think it came together in a really impressive way. And I yeah. mean,
4: technically, the production, um, you know, they used... It's really unlike anything you hear. Yeah, right I mean... You... It was
3: kind of a
5: return to the lo-fi sound Yeah, the 90s. They, they
4: definitely well, took an had... approach with the... Uh, but they still stayed in the digital world with uh, Microsoft Sound Recorder.
5: Mm-hmm, they uh, just...
4: You didn't really see that that much those days. It was
5: like lo-fi meets new technology in a way that just... It was unbelievable.
2: You don't see many bands going that route.
3: <laughs> it's interesting how a lot of songs they run about sixty seconds and then there's this like kind of pause and that starts up again. It's like you don't really hear a lot of bands that do stuff like that where the song you 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 don't finish it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't finish it during the take.
5: And then because you, you didn't put enough time on sound recording. <laughs> then you got to re-record bad. it, and
3: you put it together, and there's this weird gap where there's nothing happening. But for heaven forbid, like, just try it again.
5: No, that would be far too much work.
3: Well, I think the songs, I mean, they may they seem, they seem simple now, but back then there's a complexity to them, I think. They, they're tough to do again. It was music for our times, really. Yeah, and when you had to do, like, 15, 16 tracks or something, you know, you had to get through it. Yeah, dude, there's this Why did we have drive. to do so many songs? Because <laughs> everybody had to write like six. <laughs> and they're all great.
5: This great great...
2: Yeah? I remember you had like a little computer microphone. Was that it? Just one microphone? Yeah. That was it. We Maybe. only had one track. That was what track. made
5: the magic happen.
3: My God. I know. But this had some of the best, I think, early songs. It had this, Regions of Mind, uh, which is like, like Hendrix, sort of. Uh, Hendrix without... The sweet guitar solos. The 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 feeling was or something like real, that. That was pretty dark. The pill submerges me. Those lyrics, uh, just I still think about them. Sleepless nights. What is it? What does that mean? The pill submerges me. <laughs> it's very dark. The uh the criminal. I <laughs> Look, we're gonna keep doing this. <laughs> the, just, just hold, on, hold on. Okay, the, say the criminal. Your piece. One of my I think some of the best lyrics I've ever seen. I'm um, lying in the gutter. Eating sticks, eating sticks of, of butter. butter. He's he's, li- he's, <laughs> he's, yeah, you know it.
5: He's got a mullet. He's all out of bullets. <laughs>
4: <laughs> really, really. a, like a, a commentary on uh, American culture. I think so. You
3: know what you should do? You should put that one in like at 11 and make it available as a download. <laughs> People need to hear this album. All right. I will. We'll <laughs> Please?
5: Do. No, can we not have this on the internet?
3: Please. I
4: was worried. It was funny because I just put that in and I said. Like, oh, is it – it's not on our MySpace. We were too embarrassed because I, I got the uh, – I had to confirm that this was from 2003 from our MySpace page. Oh, it is. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, wait, do I have it on my phone? <laughs> so I do have it on my phone. <laughs> so I plugged it into the little mixer and –
5: Why would you get into the trouble of putting that shit on your phone? I think <laughs> I just
4: dragged the whole DeFinisher album on there.
3: Okay. But people need to hear Newman's Bait Shop. I think so. A time before you could have, could have heard of it. A time that was much simpler than now. Just like 2003 sums <laughs> it up. It was simpler time. So I think we can get down to the list-making time. Yeah. Which so, won't
2: be simple. Mashu. Which of your, I like this that no one else even knows what I'm talking about, albums are you willing to part with? So we got like, way too many on this list.
5: I feel like none of them made it except for like, Streetlight Manifesto.
3: That one's got to make it, right? Is it? No, it doesn't have to. Because the dunk, dunk. I'd feel so bad. The dunk. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he turned out a long
4: time ago. Um,
3: I
2: think so little of him.
4: <laughs> it's yeah. not that I think little of him. I'm just. I think that's more of a commentary on us than oh. him.
3: <laughs> I'd be oh. impressed anyone making it this far, but let This is still an important process here. So yeah, which one could you part with? You I, had to, I
4: only that's I don't really see any other ones. I mean, definitely get rid of Defenders. We well, got new <laughs>
3: pornographers. Yeah. yeah,
4: which like do you like I new pornographers like more than
3: yeah Streetlight? Yeah, okay.
4: I feel like someone else listened to new pornographers. I was. I really listened
5: good. to that album for the first time like a day ago. It's pretty cool. I should actually. Listen. I feel like anytime music.
4: I like
3: music one no, and everyone's like, nah. it's true, but like, I'm always new interested. pornographers, I feel like I feel like they, you and me have similar ideas. like mm-hmm. alternative tastes. While Colin and Sean seemed to have similar mm-hmm. alternative tastes.
5: It's true. I never noticed that big divide. In, does that. The, in the group. Yeah, you did. You <laughs> okay, did. I kinda did. But I, I didn't see that Nancy and John were so similar. I just always thought it was me and Sean gigging up on John. So we got sixteen. Um
4: You can get rid of Streetlight if, I mean, if you want to keep it for Nick, that's fine.
2: fine. Uh, I'll just take it off because we we got so many. I'm trying to think which of the ones I really like that you guys weren't that big on. Like, maybe Youth and Young Manhood? Yeah, I mean, I've never listened to it.
3: I also see Absolution probably not making the list just because doesn't even sound like Colin really even likes it that much. and no. I feel like that's kind of important. I don't really like it. Yeah, these. so you can take I that one know. off. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I'm fine with
2: that. Well, Kings of Leon. I think it's pretty great.
3: I like that better than... It's hard... I don't know. It's hard to say because the, the darkness is like, that was the whole thing we, we did this about. So I feel like you got out of the darkness. But I do like it better than darkness. You don't have to.
5: There are no rules here.
3: It rocks so much. It does
5: rock quite a bit. I mean,
4: <laughs> I just feel like darkness is one of those ones that I was all about back in the day. Yeah. It might not be the best. I feel like album.
2: I, I could I've... still get into permission to land. Yeah. yeah. I, I listened to it
5: today. Do... I only got into it like recently. And it's, I'm about it. I yeah. like it. I, I, like it. Like I think that... it holds up more than, say, jet.
4: Yeah. Like I would say. Yeah. I totally because agree. of
5: the tongue in cheek nature. Yeah. It and
4: has. I mean, I, sometimes if I'm like on a long car ride or something. Especially driving across the mountains, I'll throw that on and just crank it up. Be like, yeah, driving 90 miles (laughs) now.
5: Wow, you're cooler than I thought. Well, now everyone knows. You live dangerously.
3: So does that mean like Jet and maybe like Rooney are kind of lower?
2: Yeah, I could do without those. Yeah, I could live with both not being on the list.
3: Yeah, those are more nostalgic. Mm-hmm. they may not hold up as well they just had a special i think place. rooney
4: holds up for me but it's not when not 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 when i realize how much it sounds like weezer i guess i'm not that big of a weezer fan so i don't think that i mean the weezer that i like and that album i don't feel like are
5: that similar
3: yeah Is yeah it,
5: I mean, Rooney seems like a much more polished band than Weezer. Yeah, which is I mean, why I don't think they're nearly as good. Then
4: I mean, I just love the all the harmonies, and they're just that album is just super catchy.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, but I don't think it needs to be on the list, right? We've talked about it. It was good then.
4: It's still good, but
5: I don't need it. Mm. I just want to go to bed.
3: <laughs> we all want to go to bed, but we got
5: to do this first.
3: Well, you could probably take off uh, at least Jet though. Then,
5: okay, we talked about it. It holds a unique
2: place in our hearts. It helped us. It helped us
3: through some tough times yeah. growing up.
2: So, how many are we at now? Now we are at thirteen. God. We need <laughs> three more. Rooney, Rooney, yeah. do Rooney? Sure. Okay. Um, well, I feel like Kings of Leon is the one I like. That maybe not everyone else is so big on. I
4: don't really like Kings of Leon.
2: Yeah, because Colin hasn't heard it. I'm all right with Kings of Leon. I just... I don't care
5: enough about that. So, to it, go back it's like... It's pretty albums. good,
3: but it comes down to that thing where as a collective group, it just like... It's not as big with like as a a whole. Mm-hmm. Which kind of brings it down a pick. It's not that it's not good because it's yeah, pretty sweet. It's
2: pretty sweet. And... In that same vein, there's, like, the albums that you somehow found out about way after the fact that I'm just now hearing this Well, week. there's only
5: one, really, that I'm looking at, and it's it's the Exploding Hearts, which I have a huge affinity for. It's maybe my favorite out of all of these, but, yeah, how do you guys feel about it being on the list?
3: Fine. I feel like everybody should at least have their—at least one. If it's really, like, has, like, resonates with them, I feel like that— we could keep it. Because that's yeah.
5: something I listen to now, and I feel like I'll be listening
3: to it for years. It's not like yeah. what I heard. I just – I haven't had as much time to kind of – how do I feel Ab- about Absorb it. it. Yeah. Absorb it. So we can we – can, we, can, we probably keep it on the list. Yes. Yeah. That makes me very happy.
5: Plus, when else are we going to get to talk about them?
3: So I think we might we might have to have Kings of Leon, which is tough, but list making ain't easy. No. If it was,
5: everybody would be doing
2: it. So Postal Service is on the list – not everyone is huge on transatlanticism. I feel you. I am. We got the Ben Giver representation I'm, I'm, already. I'm pretty huge on transatlanticism, but I could I could let it go.
5: Yeah, I could too. I could too. There and, we go. And have us just put uh, give up on there. And that gives us 10, right?
2: I don't know. My, my thing isn't loading so good. Yeah, <laughs> that totally gives us 10.
5: So. Sweetness. Number 10. The darkness. The darkness, you think?
4: I guess. I feel like people are totally underrating this. As I mean, I think it's pretty good. Okay. I say higher. I
5: feel like we're rating it about right. I feel like it's people are like... It's pretty good, but yeah. it's not like an album for the ages.
2: You know what else is at the bottom for me? Yeah. The new, performer, new pornographers. But I know that's up real high for Nancy. Yeah, be on the lower end. And I too. guess probably... I feel tell, like
4: if you just listened to it back then and just didn't ignore it for no reason you'd be all about
5: it no it sounds good now I like I don't, it I don't think it's a nostalgic one I think it's mm-hmm. one that really holds
2: I, up I would have complained more it's just I, I haven't like listened it. to it as much mm-hmm. I don't think Sean has either mm-hmm. I told you I got this weird problem where I'm all about Nico Case and it's making it hard, <laughs> hard for me to get into new pornographers <laughs> but it's not like she sings like that much I feel like she's
4: on the court a bit she's on the court but uh, like a lot of it is she's just doing backup vocals
3: Sounds like the darkness might end up lower. Also, I'm, I'm not like – I don't need to have it still moves really high as much as I like my morning jacket.
5: I, I can kind of agree with
4: that. If you could give me eight, I'll be
5: happy. <laughs> for what? For a new pornography.
1: <laughs> All
4: right, let's <laughs> make it
3: let's make an eight and try to work around it, huh? Okay. Just for fun. Just for fun.
5: Then what's ten? The darkness? The darkness, I the guess. Order.
3: That's the sacrifice.
5: Yeah. <laughs> What's nine, then? Is it uh, My Morning Jacket?
2: How about Fever to Tell?
3: No, I like Fever to Tell a lot more. I uh, than... uh, like
2: it still moves, like, a lot. <laughs>
3: there's there's the debate. Yeah, but I really like My Morning Jacket, too. Not
2: that it means I really anything. like Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Yeah.
5: You know... I could bargain with you guys and put Exploding Hearts at number nine. Okay. I you. love it a lot. <laughs> I'm just glad it's on this list and glad that we can recognize this band that is so obscure and has met such a tragic fate. You've got yourself a deal. All right. So number eight, then, uh, yeah, we put uh, New Pornographers. About number seven. What you guys thinking? Maybe
2: My Morning Jacket? Maybe Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Well, what are the other ones on the list? Uh, How do we feel about the Shins? Are they up higher? I'd say up higher. They don't have to be that high. I feel pretty good about it, but... I mean, I'd
4: put... I'm not a big Radiohead fan. It seemed like you guys weren't about that album as much as other albums.
5: Yeah, but you gotta understand that Radiohead to us is like the modern Beatles, where it's like even their lesser albums are pretty awesome. I guess I just don't feel You that just way don't at all. get Radiohead and you don't understand where we're coming from.
2: I've listened to Hail to the Thief more than I've listened to most albums I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Gosh, don't get it. That's fine. That's, shame, that's absolutely but, fine. Yeah. But that's Okay. That's me. I didn't
4: know it, I all. didn't know it was the Modern Beatles. No, right? we <laughs> we hold them
5: in that pretty high regard, yeah. So is that number 1? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We'll get there. Right now we got to figure out number 7.
2: I feel like Elephant got a warm reception, but not a super enthusiastic one. Yeah, I'd put it very high. Like Elephant, I'm
5: sorry. I mean, I really
3: like my Morning Jacket, but I just feel like I like so many of their other albums like more. So it's like it's weird. Yeah, I don't feel as cool, like as good about that one. Though like I do, I, of course, I like it.
2: Made my second favorite. My Morning Jacket album.
5: Yeah, I could okay. I could put it lower. And I could also put, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, as lower. But it's not, I mean, it just sounds like, where are you on My Morning Jacket and yeah, yes, Matt? Um, nowhere? Nowhere. <laughs> That's helpful. God. Then let's just, <laughs> yeah, let's just put It Still Moves and then it, uh, fewer to tell. All right. Because I guess... People we to tell it kind of comes out of nowhere. My morning Jacket had at dawn to work up to this. Mm-hmm. And also this Tennessee fire to exist before that. <laughs> it
5: sure did. Uh number five, I'd I'd probably put the shins. How do you guys feel about
3: that? I I mean I would agree. I guess.
4: I put it it's Definitely hard for me, but.
5: This thing's all about compromises.
4: I think the, yeah. I just feel like I'm always compromising.
3: (laughs) Everyone compromises. I don't know that anyone's ever that, like, 100% happy. Well, uh, I can think of one podcast where I was like, yes, this is how I want it. All the others, (laughs) no,
2: no, no. Well, the the one of these that we haven't touched on, uh, you know, since we talked about it the first time is uh, Room on Fire. Mhm How's everyone feeling about that?
4: I'd put that for. You. I just feel like musically the strokes don't really do it for me. I mean, I liked them back they had a time in my life, kind of like jet. maybe they're a little more significant, but they're still like it's kind of like the same
3: trick mm, I don't know, but when I think about like the strokes compared to like the shins, I just feel like there's so many more stroke songs out there that seem like classic rock stroke songs They're just like. Yeah, this, I remember this is a big hit. I remember when this is popular. The Shins has like So Says I, and then the rest of the songs are pretty good, but no other songs that really jump out at me. Like, no, I disagree. Like single-wise. I, I think
4: that album, yeah, but it's not, I don't know, single-wise isn't really
5: doing yeah, anything there are lots very. of singles that are pieces of shit that yeah. become huge hits. It's, yeah. it's
4: like, I mean, I, I just feel like those first three Shins albums are all really good, and that is the pinnacle, and that is a really good album.
3: Well, it's going to be hard because this here comes in also the nostalgic thing. I really fell in love with the Strokes, at, you know, back
2: then. The Shins this year. Okay, well here's I didn't get into any of our top 5 albums until like at least 3 or 4 years after they came out. And I would probably put The Shins at number Yeah, five. but you've never really liked The Strokes that much. I just said The
3: Shins, not yeah. The Strokes. Oh. I wasn't even paying. I guess I got confused. You just help you me. John was out going to say Give me
2: strokes. four.
5: Give me four. Uh, I like the strokes
2: more than the shins. I'm sorry. Oh
4: god, they're not No 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 no
5: no no.
2: Do you think
4: majority rules go for it?
5: All right. I'm sorry. You know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I
4: very much disagree.
5: <laughs> oh. Alright, so we got our top three. What's the order for you guys? You guys want to just blurt it out? Your top what what you would put the order is? Sure. Do one of those. That never works. Three two
2: one or one two three? Three, three two, two one. one. Uh do it. Elephant. Hail to the thief, give up.
3: I don't even know. I'm giving my <laughs> I'm giving my vote to Colin. I have a feeling we're on a similar wavelength. I would, I would go uh, elephant.
5: I don't think give we up. are in the same way. Well, just give it, give it to me. I would do Hail to the Thief, Give Up, Elephant.
3: Yeah, sounds good.
4: I'd put Give Up, one.
2: Okay, and so Hail to the Thief is yeah, probably three.
5: You guys okay with that?
2: Yeah.
4: That's fine. That's what I want. That's what I want.
2: I was the only one who didn't put it at three. Uh...
4: I guess I'm just more inclined to like beautiful music
5: <laughs> more than just like yeah. rock. White Stripes, is, it's a very different kind of thing than
2: the Postal Service. White Stripes, I had as a as a thing I was really into for like one period of my life. And I still come back to it and I still enjoy it. I give Up, I listen to all the time. Yeah. I mean, I could just albums.
4: be in a give up mood and just put it on
5: and listen to the whole thing.
2: It's time to give up. <laughs>
5: Time to give Deep. up. Put it on. Yeah, De- I'm just De- gonna De- 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 eat a De- whole De- bag full of M Ms and watch. I don't know. The Vampire Diaries.
3: Real, real world. Real world San Diego. Sure. That's like the season I remember most distinctly. Okay. What about the
4: Seattle season where he slept That was it, like
3: 1997 dude? or something. That was way. I was like a little kid. <laughs> I was not watching Real World. I never watched Real World
2: ever. I just I watched all of
3: Real World San Diego. I just know it
2: from VH1. That's the only one I watched all. Why did you watch all of Real World San Diego? That was my young and more vulnerable years.
3: (laughs) I really don't care at this point. I'm I'm hearing a big yeah for Postal Service at one. I don't. I mean, I I probably like White Stripes more, but I don't like. I don't really want to fight it.
5: Yeah, me too. I'm too tired. Uh, yeah, so just—I mean, know. Elephant it, it, it is definitely one of my favorite albums. Probably the decade. It's probably a more important album than Give Up. Maybe, probably, but I mean, Give Up. I think it was definitely kind of unlike anything that had come before it.
3: I feel like That's even really being great. like from like the Seattle area, Ben Gibbard's music is so integral to our lives. You know, <laughs> it's like he's such an important rock, you know, figure to us. At least I don't know. I feel that way. So do I. Yeah.
4: Like, and I so feel like cool. he. he It's like Felix Hernandez. He loves us too. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, he loves us too. He ate at the taco, talk- the fancy taco time made of glass. Oh, yeah.
5: I think there's a death cap video where they're actually like. <laughs> it was filmed at that Whirly Ball place that we went to. They're just playing Whirly ball and like, you know, yeah. jamming in the middle of the Whirly Ball. That's part. awesome. I know.
2: All right. Fine.
5: You won us over, Ben Giverd,
2: with your <laughs> so, Seattle appeal. Our top ten albums from 2003. Number ten, The Darkness, Permission to Land. Number nine, Exploding Hearts, Guitar Romantic. Number eight, The New Bornographers. So that weird. Electric version. <laughs> Number seven, My Morning Jacket, It Still Moves. Number six, yeah, yeah, yes, fever to tell. Number five, The Shins, shoots too narrow. Number four, The Strokes, Room on Fire. Number three, Radiohead, Hail to the Thief. Number two, The White Stripes, Elephant. And number one, The Postal Service, Give Up. Well, if you want to shake it like a Polaroid picture and head on over to MollyPlease.com and leave a nice little comment about your, uh, maybe your opinions of the show, maybe some advice for the future, whatever you want, we'd really appreciate it. Otherwise, just keep subscribing on iTunes, maybe write a five-star review. That'd be awesome. Anyway, we'll see you next week.